what that means is I'm above the grid. When you say secret clearance, yeah, what do you do, like? Just because you were in the Marines, or you were a special person in the Marines, like Correct. you got like, did all Marines get this, or was that like no. you for? Why did you get it? Because I qualified for it. I had to be trusted with high level secrets to say, hey, is this what we tell the media, or this is what we tell wow. like CNN? CNN would come to me, MSN, all of these people who you're talking about literally would come to me for news. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. And we are live with Fred Smith. What's up, man? What's up, party people? How are you? Unbelievable. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, dude. Where do you find yourself on this uh, fine afternoon? Well, I was going to my anger management class, and then it didn't turn up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're just going to go right into it. Hey, bro. That's how we ride, man. That's how I do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But where are you? Where are you located? I'm out, yeah, out just outside of LA, brother. Oh man, that's that's gotta be fun. How's how's LA been with? Uh, oh yeah, well, last few months? you know, it's interesting. I, I like to listen to Kanye West's "No More Parties in LA" because every time I go down to one on one, you don't see nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, now that would be a cool ass video. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go, dude. Why are you in LA though, man? Well, you know, the thing about it, it's funny you say that. So, so it's, it's really a true story. I did door to door sales after I got, actually, before I joined the Marine Corps, I did door to door sales. And I just loved LA so much. I didn't want to go back to the East Coast where it was like negative 87 degrees. Yeah, I feel so that. So I'd rather pay extra for, for you know, the good weather, bro. That's but dude, favorite. like, I get, you know, you pay extra, but it's not like you pay a little extra. It's like you pay like two or three times extra. And you got to deal with some dumb people out there, right? Yeah. I look at that as market opportunity and the cost of doing business. Co <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that's one way to look at it. You like it out there? You see yourself staying out there for a while? Bro, all my stuff, because I've been doing like a lot of traveling over the last 15, 20 years when I got the Marines. So I'm kind of like, I'm still mobile. I can go anywhere in the country. But since I have a lot of local roots here and I, was, I did a lot of automotive stuff, it just makes sense for me to just stay here because a lot of people know me locally. Yeah. So, so I, it just, yeah, it's kind of, I have to start over. Bro. I'm glad, I'm glad somebody can put up with it because man, I, so I grew up in the suburbs of Los Angeles when I was young, okay. like age one to age, like almost age 11. My parents okay. lived, we lived in Claremont for a little bit. Yep. That's uh, Yep. Okay. So, uh, yeah. we, um, I have family in Upland. I, my yep. grandparents are still in Claremont. We moved I lived in Upland. Okay. So, you know, I have, um, I had family in Pasadena, but they're up in the high desert now, which mm -hmm. isn't LA, but it's, you know, that, that corner of the earth. Right. Uh, yep. and then we moved before we moved out, my parents live in Indiana now, but before okay. we did, moved out there, we, uh, lived in Wrightwood, which is a little town up in the mountains, um, okay. uh, about 45 minutes outside of it up towards, um, 
trying to think what mountain it was on. Uh, Mile High or Mountain High, Mountain High Ski Resorts up that direction. I don't remember. Yeah. It was like 45 minutes out that way. So I like I have tons of family out there still. My my yeah. um, family members out there. And like every time I go to visit, I'm like, the beaches are beautiful, the weather's nice, but everything about this else sucks. It just well, sucks. Notice I said just outside of all LA. Right, all I right. didn't say in LA. Right, I, right. I mean nuts, bro. <laughs> oh man. Oh and man. Where I where I am, it's easy to get everywhere but it's hard to get back in. So it's hard to get back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. everybody's leaving, dude. COVID's driving, drove everybody out. Uh, Elon Musk moved, moving to Texas. Yeah. Joe, Joe Rogan, my man, yeah. my boy, Joe, he's, he's yeah. leaving to go to Texas. Yeah. It's crazy out there. It's yeah. Insane. Well, you know what though, bro, I, this is how I just look at it. Like I pretty much got like a lifestyle business. So you can, you can, you kind of go anywhere, but I just love like, I'm not too far from the mountains. So I would, mm. if I want to go to the mountains, you know, I can go to the mountains. If I want to go to the beach, I can go to the beach. Everything's like 45 minutes away from here. Now, if I was like maybe in Tarzana or out in a high desert some damn where, yeah, my life would suck. But, you know, <laughs> all I got to do is literally like, like it was it was snowing, like I think in like in April or May. So I was playing in the snow and then I can come back home, you know? Right, right. And I right. go to Palm Springs, play in the sand and come back home. Well, that's, and I have, uh, friends out there, they're like, Josh, California is the only place in the world where you can go surfing, rock climbing, and skiing all in the same day. All in the same day. And I'm like, based on the true story, you're, brother. You're right. You're right. Indeed. That, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. What do you do? Because you used to, okay, you used to work for uh, or work with my boy Taylor. Well, children of traffic and funnels. Dude, Taylor's yep. a beast, dude. Taylor's my, I love Taylor, man. That's my brother for real, man. Shout out to Taylor Traffic and Funnels. But yeah, man. So, I was actually once upon a time his client a few years back, and then we just had a friendship even before I became his client. So, um, you know, I worked on the team for a little bit, you know, had fun doing that, had some personal stuff come up, you know, still shout out to love to my team. You know, we're all still like this, like this. And uh, basically what I do, bro, is I give people brain transplants for a living. So it's interesting how we connected. Yeah, <laughs> can't make this shit up. That's exactly what I do, bro. So the way this shows up is typically in not necessarily mindset. I don't, I focus in on the programming. There's a little bit of more of a difference there because in my world, the thoughts lead to feelings, lead to actions, lead to results, but nobody talks about the programming that leads to the thoughts. So mm. if I can get that part right. Yeah. So thoughts or mindset me, I'm like, let's go to, let's go straight to the, to the, to the source, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's super interesting. I'm super big into that. I, um, a little backstory background on me. So like I got into entrepreneur space like four years ago. I was entrepreneurial, right? And then, you know, like entrepreneurial, meaning like the internet marketing entrepreneurial space. So kind of, I don't know if you want to call it the fake entrepreneur space, but like, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? And yeah, then yeah. I, I blew up on Instagram, um, or I should say I blew my clients up on Instagram. I hopped on that Instagram train when it was hot and that kind of rode me up. But then like, I don't know, two and a half years into it, I was making, you know, I, I come from a farm, dude. Indiana, I grew up on a farm, baling hay and milking goats and cows and all that jazz. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, you make 50 grand in a year, you're, you're doing good money, right? That's, that's great. Yeah. I, I was making like 40, 50,000 a month, right? Yeah. Uh, in this entrepreneur game. But like, dude, I was 18 hours a day, seven days a week, super depressed, super, you know, the drill. Yeah. And uh, so I went from that, canceled all of my clients, long story short, canceled all I clients, right? Boom, 50 yeah. grand a month to like two grand a month. And you're like, the heck am I gonna do with my life? And yeah. so I went down that mindset rabbit hole and uh, was there for like nine months. I mean, Tony Robbins, Joe Dispenza, studied quantum physics big time, yep. studying subconscious mind, how that all works, you know, all of that. Um, I love Joe Dispenza, dude. Holy cow, that guy's a, a beast. And then, uh, and then started this show based off of that almost two years ago now. Wow. And then a month later, my brother died in a helicopter crash. My older brother uh, leaving behind a, a baby on the way, a five-year-old son, a wife. Uh, and like that, that wrecked my life. 
right? So further into the mindset, a lot of spiritual type stuff. And um, yeah, how'd you get into that though? Cause that's, that, that's like, I love that dude. Everything's, everything's here. You know, it's, it's funny you say it just like that because I think some people like wake up earlier than others, so to speak. So I was in the hood. I'm from inner city of Philadelphia, Chester, Pennsylvania. And I just really could never figure out how we had roaches all over the place. And literally a mile down the street, we got multi-million dollar homes. Yeah. I'm What's just up like, with that? Holy moly. I'm like, yo, like, I don't think that they're any better than me. But I, I, but I really figured out real quick that they think a little differently than I do. And they also do a little bit differently as a result of how they think. Mm. So that was my biggest wake up call when I was around eight years old. And I never forget it because I was literally on the, uh, like there's the high, I, highway 95 that separates all the city from everybody else. And I'm just like, this really sucks. Like, and I just learned how to ask like better questions, man. And just from results is asking the better questions is that's really the name of the game. You know, questions are the answer. And I, and I think if we really understand that, just learn how to refine your questions a lot better. But more importantly for me, it was getting rid of the pride and the ego, because I think that's another trap. It's a mechanism. So I had to really go deep and some people say go deep, but what does that really look like? And that's what I had to do. I went through a lot of pain, suffering, all the bullshit, everything else in between. And, um, you know, wind up coming out on the other side and it got super duper tough when I was actually out in the Marines in the public in, in the uh, Persian Gulf. Cause that was really hard. So, I mean, you're a black dude, right? Mm -hmm. You grew yep. up in the, the hood, yeah. it's Philadelphia. I mean, there, she did some stuff. What's, uh, I, I kind of want to touch on this and maybe go down this rabbit hole. We'll see where it goes. Um, everybody I tell you, bro, I'm pretty much wide open. Let's and that's, ride. and that's good. I, I, I like that. Same here. <laughs> Racism. And so like, I'm big on education, right? I think that, I think that, um, well, I think the educate, well, I know the education system is pretty, pretty broken, <laughs> um, pretty messed up, but like, let's, let's use this as an in, how did you, where did you come out of it? Like, where did you find your way out? And a mile down the road, you have multi-million dollar mansions and you got cockroaches on the floor. Right. How's that happen in America, dude? Is it racism? What is it? Well, it's two words, brother. It's actually learned helplessness. And this is what I talk about. Here's what I mean mm. by that. So a generation is 30 years. Okay. Is that, so is, that what, is that what we define? Like, is that, I don't know. Is that like the, the actual? That's the dictionary definition is 30 years. 30 years is a generation. All right. Yeah. So, so if you look at your mother and your father, that's already 60 years worth of generational patterns for starters that you have in your household that you have to push upstream just to figure out who you are. That's not including how they were brought up with their parents. And now you add another two generations. That's another 60 years. That's literally 240 years for starters of an uphill battle that you have to have. Combine that with the fact of how the cities were already ran before you even got there, yet alone the states and the countries. And you have a perpetual vicious cycle that a lot of people aren't aware of. So you can't just unsubscribe from it because that's how you were born. So you don't know what you don't know. Right. So for me, I always knew that I had to grow bigger than the problem. I And, and that was just probably my unique gift that helped me navigate a lot of this stuff. Well, did you so, get taught that or, or where did no. you figure that out? You just knew kind of? Yeah, it was kind of really instinctual. Mm. Like when I was younger, I want to say maybe around six or seven, I had already started learning like marketing. Like I was always wow. fascinated by stuff that came in the mail. I'd wait for the mailman to come to the door. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not, like, it's not like Russell Brunson digging through that uh, direct mail stuff. Yeah, yeah, I was literally that guy. Like I would always huh. wait for the mailman, right? And they would bring these, you know, these mail pieces or whatever. But there was one for starters that came out and it was called the Hume Publication. I'll never forget it. 
because they were advertising like uh, basic finance courses on how to basically make money. What's a mm. budget? What's this? What's that? And I ordered them even at that age because I was still hustling, you know, cutting. I don't think I was cutting grass there. I forgot I was doing something else. Maybe flyers for the church or just so I had some type of side hustle and I was I had money saved up. Yeah. And from there, I just had my money, gave mom the money. She ordered it for me and it came in the mail every single month. I would get a human publication. Mm. So so I don't know. I can't really explain like how that happened, except some people are just like like my daughter, for example. She's very empathetic. Her empaths yeah. go the freaking roof. Yeah, right? I'm the same way. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have that gene, but she does. So I have to honor that space to go, okay, that's really how she's hardwired. So how can I define her strengths? You know, outsource the weaknesses. That's my personal. Yeah. Opinion. Yeah. So 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 that's really how I got started in this space. And it just became more of an evolution. So to go back to your original point of racism in Philly, the cool thing about it is like if they don't like you, just like, hey, I don't like you. You want to go get something to eat? It's like, cool. Okay, great. You know, I was like, okay, I know exactly where I'm at. So it didn't matter. It just, you know, like, it doesn't matter whether you're Italians over here, Greeks over here, Chinatown over here. It didn't freaking matter. If I didn't like you, I go, I don't like you. At least mm. we were clear and conspicuous. I didn't have to ask, well, why? And then, you know, getting defensive. You know, you come out to California, it's a whole different story. Let's say your point. You just got to go, <laughs> like, like, I had just had a client the other, like, a couple months ago. I'm just like, bro, look. I'm grown, you're grown. If this ain't working out, you need to let me know because I'd rather fire you before anything else happens, but at yeah. least I'm letting you know what's going to happen next. Yeah. So so I just have always have always had that mindset where I've never looked at people at, as, at color per se. I like to look at what they do. Yeah. So as long as you aren't treading in my space and vice versa and we're cool, that's, that's how I've always been, bro. So mm. it, it was never one of those things where you know, I really looked at somebody where because they're black and they're white. Now, the only time I did run into that was back in 1990, I think, four when I was doing door to door sales because I was out in California. I actually lived in a Buena Park off of Beach Boulevard. So right down the street, you got Westminster, Garden Grove, a whole bunch of the Asian community. And I'm like, how are they driving these freaking B12, you know, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, you know it's always either the, the white ones or the black ones. I'm just like, how are they just coming up like that? And, I, and then that's that's the only time it really hit me. I was just because I was actually knocking on doors and I was just kind of going, what are they doing differently than me now? Now, this has to be a race thing. That's the yeah. only time I ever thought of it. Mm. But then come to find out that the culture is different and they're supportive of each other in their cultures. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting, too, because like, you know, wealth, typically speaking in America, a lot of a lot of wealthy people come from wealthy families. Right. Not always. Right. But like there's if you're a wealthy family, the likeliness that your children do well is significantly higher than if it, if it doesn't. Right. And so I think the argument that, um, a lot of people on the, the left make is that, um, well, black people are poor, they're oppressed, they have less opportunities to buy homes, to create wealth. So therefore, you know, the race is the systemic racism in society has created poor communities. And that's why black people stay poor and white people generalizing here, right? Mm -hmm. Continue to benefit from call it white privilege, call it whatever you have. What, like, how do you see that? Do you, do you see, um, in your experience, you know, one man's experience as a black man growing up, like, do you see systemic racism? Maybe not even like, hey, you know, people aren't calling you, you know, a black N word, but like, you know, maybe, maybe just through opportunities or getting into certain places or things like that. Like, did you experience those things? 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. But it has nothing to do with the other race. It has everything to do with the people 20 levels above us called the global cartel. That's what people don't understand. See, here's, here's what you got. Here's what you got to realize. Like when I was in the Marine Corps and I had a secret clearance, a real secret clearance, what that means is I'm above the grid. So as a regular civilian, what that means is you don't know what you don't know. There's higher level information that you'll never know simply because you didn't get qualified to know that information. Yeah. So essentially we're all in a box and people hate to hear that, but I've lived it so I know it. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Can you, so, uh, hold on, I, I wanna, I, I, we're gonna go deep here on this. I'm gonna give you yeah, plenty of time fine. to cool. dive into it. When you say secret clearance, yeah. What do you do, like just because you were in the Marines or you were a special person in the Marines? Like Correct. you got like, did all Marines get this or was that like no. you for why did you get it? Because I qualified for it. Okay. And for, for, for my designation in the Marine Corps, even though it's considered public affairs, public relations, mass communication specialist, it was a hybrid between the intel community and also the regular mass media communications community. So I had to be trusted with high level secrets to say, hey, is this what we tell the media or this is what we tell wow. like CNN? CNN would come to me, MSN, all of these people who you're talking about literally would come to me for news. And I was the one pushing it down. They never pushed up, it was always a push down. So you can look at all these quote unquote conspiracy theory uh, YouTube videos and you see all the talking heads saying the exact same thing. I was the guy feeding those guys. How, how does that work? Like, how do you, you do, do you just, like, like, what is there was that your job is that like you know like how does that work with this information when you say msn and cnn and fox like they were coming to you for news like what uh -oh. oh are you still there i think you froze up on me oh no are you still there hold up hold up we gotta be good you i can hear you are you there yeah, okay i can all see right you. there we go um that's so what like happens bro that's not it, an accident but like yeah <laughs> but like but like how is that what so you Fred sits in a, a room, like hypothetically speaking, right? Like you're sitting in a room, you're getting all this information's coming down or whatnot, and then you're passing it on to the people. Like you just get to decide what the media knows or like, how, how does that work? Well, uh, I have to give you the simplest way of how it works without going into the hardcore mechanics. Right. That's something I still can't talk about. Okay. But, so the way it typically works is it's, it's all about what needs to happen next on the agenda of the United States. Okay? okay. So we have to keep that in mind. And based on what's going on, whether it's a military exercise or a special event that just happened, or like I'm talking to diplomats and stuff like that. When we collect that kind of data, I have to say it like that data, we have to make a decision as to what affects national security and what we still can hold, have a form of news so that people can understand at least this is what happened mm. they will never know the entire story but we still for accountability purposes i have to put that in quotation marks right because it's tax dollar money hey this is what happened over here unless it's absolutely a critical what they call a mission critical meeting which means that you can't even talk about it at all good luck on that one just you never get in the, in the freedom of information act or anything like that right so it was my job to tell the news and at the same time, distribute the news in a way that makes sense where it wasn't affecting national security, but people still got the crux of the message. So who gets to decide that though? We do. But like, who's the boss? <laughs> <laughs> the bosses are the names that are unknown, sir. <laughs> like it's kind of like Voldemort here. It's the, it's the people you don't speak about. He, I'm he, serious about that. 
like is it does it change with the administrations no oh, no they're just there yeah and they're not elected no they're just there they're just there because the missions and the agendas like i'll give you an example i can't give you a legitimate example so right. i give you perspective right right so when i was in about 20 plus years ago a lot of the stuff that you're seeing right now we prepared for 20 years ago something as simple as my black t-shirt like when I was in, this is how, this is, I'm gonna give you a very dumb, small example Then you can 30X or 40X it to understand the larger picture. Okay. Right? Something as simple as if, if I had on my military green shirt and this is a t-shirt and I go out of town, I would get in trouble for it. Sometimes even written up or reprimanded for it because that was a part of the military uniform. So then somebody says, Hey, you know what? We need to soften our image we need to be able to, because we have this agenda that we need to move, how do we start integrating into society? So what we started doing was, it went from being aware to where we're able to wear our green shirts to where you started seeing more military presence, whether they were in their military, like formal dress blues or not, to the point where now you can see a guy in full paramilitary gear with an M16 going down the street, and you don't think twice about it, but you just fast forward, I'm, re I'm sorry, rewind about 20 or 30 years ago, you see a military guy with the M16 going down the street, you go, oh, what's going on? It's the end of the world. You know, now they're doing exercises live time in, in the civilian locations and people don't think twice about it. Matter of fact, they're just like, can you stop? I'm trying to listen to my radio, you know? But it's those little subtle mindset shifts that cause, it's like, it's like eating a big elephant. You just do it one bite at a time. And through time, the whole narrative shifts. And they who will not be named get to control essentially the what gets fed to the news. So the perception of the media through people like you, Correct. do they have a political agenda? Well, it depends. Like some of the stuff that I was reporting on, it did have a political agenda because it's always about positioning. So like when I'm training my clients as an example, I'm like manipulation is not a bad word, guys. Right, right. It's, it's I how you've yeah. been conditioned to think about it. But make no mistake about it. If we're speaking and it's more than one person speaking, regardless of whether you have an agenda or not, somebody's belief system is going to be better than the next. Yeah. And the people in a secret clearance and above say our agenda is better than yours because you don't know what's really going on in the world. Yeah. So we're going to tell you exactly what you need so that we can get what we want. It's really that simple, bro. Is that a, is this a bad thing that this exists? Like the, the, he who's like, we don't know who they are. Do you know who they, like, do you know who your bosses were? Or did you not even know? Um, sometimes I did. Sometimes I didn't. Okay. It so, just depended. so as a general rule, we, we don't always know who they are. And even if, I mean, you don't always know, we don't have no idea who they are. They're not right. elected. They're never out in public. They're controlling right. all of media manipulation. Is this necessary? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Well, that's the million dollar question. Actually, that's a multi-billion dollar oh, question. Yeah, it's a multi-trillion dollar question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multi-quad. <laughs> yeah, brother. I want to say yes and no. And, and here's what I mean by that. When I was in the military, it was a form of socialism. So on one hand, no matter how hard or how little I worked, I was still going to get paid the exact same on the 1st and the 15th. Okay. On one hand, when you have that game of money taken away, for some people like me, it just enabled me to just focus more on just higher level thinking. Okay? Yeah. Versus somebody who's worried about payroll, who's worried about where they're going to get their next dollar from, and they're more stuck in survival mode. Right. Yeah. So, big, big shift. So, right. So, and I hate to say it like this, but it is what it is. 
there's some people out there who will absolutely never want to grow bigger than the problems or challenge themselves. That's why we need to have them pour our coffee. But right. from an upward mobility standpoint, I would still like to have the opportunity to, if I decide to do something with my life, have an exact path. Okay. So in the Marines, I had an exact path. So if I was, so it was private, private first class, Lance Corporal, Corporal and Sergeant. Okay. So I finished up as a Sergeant. So that path was clearly laid out for me to say, if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to hit this level. If you hit X, Y, and Z, you're going to hit this level. If you hit X, Y, and Z, you're going to hit this level, right? In the civilian world, it's not even close. Right, it's not, no. There, there's, no there's no structure. There's no nothing. So if you want to move the civilization ahead, I want to say yes, in some respects, you have to have that. My only guys, my own prim, only premise behind that is that I still need to have choice in a certain level of sovereignty. Yeah. Like if I want to be off the grid, like some of my buddies are and some of my buddies were before they started cracking down and say, hey, you know, you're an incorporated area. And when was unincorporated, you know, as an example, that to me is a big problem because I chose to be sovereign and get off the grid. I'm self-sustaining. I've got my own way of living. And you're telling me now that that's unacceptable to me. That's not American. Right. No, I agree. That's not even sovereign. Okay. So to me, that's where the line is. But you do have some people who absolutely, no matter how hard you try, they're whatever reasons, I don't know whether it's low intelligence or they just choose not to do work or whatever. I don't know. But but because we have human beings on this planet, um, there should be a level of sustenance to at least make sure that everybody has what they need. Yeah. That's just my own mindset. So Mm -hmm. somewhere in between, there's a push pull. So, but one thing I don't want is, for example, like, I don't want a vaccine shoved up my ass or, you know what I'm saying? Well, like yeah, that. but, but just the, the, the very idea. So like, I mean, I, I'm, you know, run think different theory. We're a movement of free thinkers. I'm basically like everything you hear, you basically can just assume it's wrong until proven right. Almost, you know what I mean? Like as far as the media is concerned, but most people don't think like that, right? Especially in America today, like everybody consumes the news. Everybody's got their point of view and it's really hard to shift them out of that. But I'm like, it seems kind of, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but like, it seems kind of dangerous. I get that there's a necessary, like you can't tell all of our national secrets, but, right. it, but it also seems to me that like, hey, if these people that shall not be named get in there and they do have an agenda, I don't right. care which side, I don't care if you're 100% pro-Trump, 100% pro-Clinton, left, right. whatever, or to either of them, for them to be able to have the power to be like, well, this is what gets put out to the media and we know how much the media shapes people's opinions. Like, I feel like that's a pretty... Like why, why, why shouldn't we know who they are? Well, here's the problem. And I agree with you on a lot of that stuff here. Here's where the shift really is. I had the opportunity when I came out the Marine Corps to do the exact same pattern that most of these people who you see on TV are. I either would work, I could either work for the state department because I already had jobs set up for that, or right. I could work in media because I already had to, I was more than qualified, overqualified for. Yeah. All that, okay. But the problem is I don't want anybody playing God with my life except me. So I think that's, that's the commonality that I'm hearing. So at yeah. the end of the day, it's my life. What, what I'm saying specifically, though, is that the media that you're seeing right now has always been that media because the medians created it tens of thousands of years to control influence and thought. It just became weaponized within the last five to six years because a lot of the stuff that they're doing, i.e. when we saw uh, Hillary and Donald Trump at the debate, I would have personally gotten arrested for because they were using heavy, heavy languaging patterns, heavy linguistics, military grade stuff. That's why the that's why the country was so divisive. So some of this information is so dangerous that we have to have I wouldn't say gatekeepers. I would have to say maybe uh, what do you call it? Stewards of that kind of. Knowledge. Yeah, but shouldn't but shouldn't we know who those people are? 
we should. Yeah. Here, here's my challenge, though. Sometimes you don't, though. The reasons why is because just like I'm gonna give you an example. This uh, Millie Weaver documentary that came out on Friday and the same day that she got arrested Friday and she had Tori and somebody else on there. Right. They were running their mouths too much. Here's the problem. The problem was that this does exist. It is a system. It is institutionalized. But when you started naming names and it directly damages national security, yeah, that's a problem, okay? Mm. But there still should be a council to say, hey, here are the people that are currently in that position, so that way we can hold them accountable. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that 100%. And there's not but, one so far. Correct. That's Got the it. problem. Okay. So so there, is a, there was a way to approach that exact same information where it wouldn't have gotten flagged off of YouTube or Facebook and it would still be up right now. But they remind me of like a 70 year old out of shape man with the speedo one, the way that they presented it. It was just like, what are you doing? It's a fucking train wreck. You can't say this shit. Like, right, I get right. it, you know, because I lived it. I'm like, you can't do that. That's the reasons why it got flagged. Just like when I was talking about the girl talking about cure, 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 cure for COVID. It's just like, you can't say that because there's no cure for any virus on this planet. Right. You can treat it. Right. You can make it a little bit better. Yeah, frontline doctors, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Right, yeah, frontline doctors. So it's yeah. all of the wording and how you position things. And it's the exact same thing with these high level secrets that are on the planet right now. That's cool that we have them, but who's gonna be the steward? That's the word I was looking for. Who's gonna yeah. be the steward? Of, of, the, of those thoughts and how are we gonna be able to hold them accountable? Yeah. But because this has been institutionalized for so long, it's too ominous. Yeah. So they were like literally just throwing a shotgun approach at a huge, I wouldn't say monster, but just a huge monolith or juggernaut. Yeah. It's very real. I feel like, I feel like people hearing this though, I feel like there's a lot of secrets, dude. Right? Oh yeah. There's like oh, yeah. so many, right? And mm -hmm. I, I think that particularly the conspiracy theorists, if we want to call it, you know, that there are legitimate, a lot of legitimate conspiracy. Well, we can talk about that, bro. Oh, we will. And we will. Oh, we will. <laughs> we will. But like, there's some, there, there's some crazy conspiracy theorists out there. Let's just address the fact that a lot of conspiracy theories have no basis and grounds to them. But Correct. I feel like it comes from this place of like, they don't realize, hey, there's really like, I feel, and, and I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. Like there's actual things that need to be classified as high level, like national security issues that cannot be put out to the public, right? right. Like we shouldn't talk about those things, but then right. there's the people and whether I'm not, I'm not trying to even say one side or the other, but like we'll use Hillary Clinton as an example. A lot of people hate Hillary because they feel like whether there's truth to this or not, that she's using because she knows the system and how to do that. Be like, Oh, we can't like, I'm going to put it behind there because that's a threat to national security when she's just trying to protect her own butt. Right. Or whoever, I mean, Do maybe right. Donald Trump's doing the same thing. Who knows? Right. But right. like, I feel like that's this, the issue where maybe there's this much national security stuff that we can't talk about and only this much stuff that could be talked about, but because people know that they're hiding behind these security clearances or whatnot, they're like, just blow the whole thing open. And that's not the answer as well. No. So like, I guess like how, how much, how many bad things happen that we can never, that we never find out about because in the name of national security? Oh, a lot. Yeah. Because again, from that world, if you want to make an omelet, you're going to have to break eggs. There, there has to be some dirty work done because again, they trained me on how to hold an M16 A2 service rifle and kill somebody without thinking about it. Whew. Okay. 
12 weeks. They had to get the human, they had to get the human the humanity out of me just so I could pull the trigger and not think twice about I it. Think There's twice. a process involved with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so so that's why I take what I say and do very seriously because I'm like and really until you understand the magnitude of how you have to be brainwashed, because all of us are brainwashed. If we're just trying yeah. to change our mind, we're looking to be brainwashed in a different direction. Right. How can I unlearn this over here so I can learn this over here? Or what can I take the best elements over here so I can apply this over here? Or I got my A game right now, but now in comparison to where I want to go, it's my F game. So how do I lop that off and make a new A game, right? Yeah, yep. That's really how I see the military doing certain things. To me, it was, a, it was a huge personal development program. I had a chance to really become a better version of myself because I never, the only reason I joined the Marine Corps is because I wanted to do something better. And I'll get to the conspiracy theory here in a second. I didn't yeah. forget that. No, no, yeah. So, so that really got me on a path to learn more about structure, to learn more about real critical thinking, because they're trusting me to take somebody's life with a rifle, you know? So I can't just sit here and get emotionally compromised and pull the trigger. Then that blood's on my hand. So there's rules of engagement. There's things that I have to think about. There's a lot, no matter if, if I'm getting shot at, I still have to be able to determine when I can shoot back. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It takes a whole different mindset to be able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? no kidding. So hopefully that makes sense. So, so let me let me address the conspiracy theory stuff. So to me, conspiracy theory and lying are the exact same thing. Here's why. Conspiracy theories have an end had they have they're just pockets that you don't have information that you're trying to connect. When you're lying, that's that's the lowest form of creation. We're making something up. Yeah. So in between, to me, is spitballing. There's conspiracy theory over here. There's absolute lying over here. But how do we synthesize both to at least come yeah. up with a with a better what I call triangulation? And that's and you know as far as be able to say, okay, I have incomplete information over here. I definitely know that this over here isn't true. So how do I put it together so that I can come up with the best estimation? Let's say best guess. Right. It's no different than thinking like a casino. They <laughs> don't know at the end of the year, how many people are going to go through the doors, but they know they have to have a certain amount of people in order to hit their number. Right. So right. when I'm looking at data, it's the exact same way. So when I'm looking at somebody who thinks that's a conspiracy theory in my world, all fantasies have their origin of truism. Okay. Yeah. So it's out there for a reason. <laughs> now, if you're really that hell bent on knowing it, my challenge to you is to really go in that direction to see how many pieces that you can pull together. It's, it's no different than having a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and you happen to have five or six pieces. Now you got to find the other 995. That That's really how, how simple I like to keep it. Yeah. Well, cause like, so the, the big conspiracy theory right now is, you know, the um, QAnon and right. the, everything that's going on, you know, Pizzagate and Wayfair and, you know, everything like that. And I did a video this morning, uh, you know, uh, on that. And I feel like the problem I feel like with conspiracy theories is they almost like want to bite off more than they can chew. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, hey, when I look at the mainstream media and I Google Pizzagate or I Google QAnon or uh, QAnon, uh, I always right. mess up the name of that. I, <laughs> I get articles and headlines of, quote, completely baseless claims that there's a global pedophile ring. The absolute insane conspiracy theory that there, there's these elites in Hollywood and politics that are running human, tra uh, human trafficking, right? I'm like, those are not completely baseless claims. Like, right. th th those are those are. Like I've been down that rabbit hole. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've, yeah, me too. I've like, yeah. I, ah, right. Those are yeah. real, but it's then real. like, it's disgusting and horrible and awful. Yeah. Like, go, right. Goose like goose bombs, baby. Like, whoa. And yeah. like, that's how I, you know, really heavily got into this. But on the same time, then you got the QAnon people that are coming in here that are just, you know, they make up this whole 
they, they blow it out of proportion saying that the whole reason that Donald Trump got elected was simply to stop the satanic cult of cannibals and pedophiles. It's like, well, okay, that's kind of out there, right? Like maybe not that. So you know what I mean? Like, but like for sure the pedophile thing's real, right? So like for me, I look at it and I'm like, we've got to separate the two and we've got to like, there's real actual factual evidence around the fact that like sex trafficking is real. And let's use like some basic logic here. Um, right. We're in, you are in entrepreneurship. I'm in entrepreneurship. We know how markets work. There's category right. kings in every market, Apple, smartphone market, you know, Nike, the thing. Yeah. I'm like, human trafficking is like $150 billion in plus a year industry. There's For a category stars. king, right? There's a category king, okay? I don't know who it is, but let me tell you, <laughs> it's not a completely baseless claim. Like just understand a basic understanding of how humans work, right? And how, yeah. you know? And so I look at that and I'm like, okay, where, like, how do you, like, how do you bring attention to that without being a crazy conspiracy theorist? That's exactly what I talk about in, in our group. So here's, here's the truth, brother. The, the truth of the matter is, it's what they call a non sequitur, okay? One thing has nothing to do with the other. And if it does, you better bring sources and attribution as to how you got there to connect that dot. Yeah. So a lot of people try to give too much information at one at one time. So it blows the other person's head off. You have to know where somebody else is in their life. If you're even having those kind of conversations, then how did you even get to even have that kind of conversation? That's the first question. Yeah. And then the second is where is their understanding in that conversation so that you can talk about it in the way where it makes sense? Yeah. And a lot of people don't take the time to think like that because that's a wherewithal skill that little to none of us have developed. So we have to really, when we're looking at all this information, like if you're going to bring it and if you're going to say it, you better have at least one solid source that says this is what happened. Yeah. So in my world, Q is very real. Why? Because it's a security clearance. Q is a security clearance. It's not one person. So if you go to Wikipedia right now and you type in Q security clearance, you're going to see that it's the highest clearance that you can have on the planet and it's ran through the Department of Energy. So it's very real. I don't understand Q the exact same way that the civilian understands it simply because I played in the secret world. Okay. So, is the, but so, and I'm new to this, right? Uh -huh. Is where Q, uh, QAnon started, you know, we are Q, all that. Is that, did that start because Q is the highest level security clearance? Is, is that, is that where it came from? Well, I can neither say yes or no, because I don't know. Okay. That part. Okay. But what I can tell you is that from me actually looking at some of the data, it's compartmentalized enough to say that it has its origins of truism and so, I have to park it right there. Okay. Okay. All right. And, and that's, but, but I've also heard, and once again, like I'm actually fairly new on QAnon, right? Like I've heard about them and whatnot, but like, um, like it's, I've heard it started with the military or that, and like that the FBI has declared it, uh, you know, potential uh, terrorist threat and like things like that. Like when you hear Q and when you're talking about Q, like from a military perspective, what do you see? From what I see is that sometimes you have to put out information to see number one, if you have leaks. Okay. So sometimes you could say something crazy. Just so for example, like Kim Jong-un about maybe four or five months ago, 
all this this weirdness came out to say, oh my God, he's on his deathbed. He yeah, I remember that. Cheeto or green, whatever, and he's blah 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 blah. And then you had somebody, I think, in the UK or something saying, I can say with one hundred percent certainty that he's dead. Well, what he was doing, and same thing with Kim Kardashian when she came out with her kid, she didn't want anybody to know what the kid looked like, so she gave out fake pictures. So pretend like you're Q. Okay, you're the source. You have the purest information. And you want to just test to see if who's leaking in your in your tribe. Well, that's one of the ways that you can do is you can throw something out crazy. And then who's ever leaking it, you know that they're the problem. Mm. Donald Trump does it all the time. A lot of people who I know do it all the time. I did it. You know, so to me, that's not a big deal. What is a big deal, though, is when what was the intention behind that? Like, what was the why behind that? So did, maybe you didn't have Q security clearance. No, 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 no. no. Because, I and, and, and I and I looked it up for the, for those in, uh, interested. Q clearance. And this is from Wikipedia. Or uh, Q clearance or Q access authorization is the Department of Energy security clearance required to access top secret restricted data, formally restricted data, and national security information as well as secret restricted data. Restricted right. data is defined as Atomic Energy Act of 1954 and covers nuclear weapons and related materials. The low level L clearance is sufficient for access to uh, secret formal uh, former security uh, or restricted data and national security information, only Q is the highest level though. Correct. Okay. So, so when we go to put that into real world application, what a lot of people don't understand is that the Department of Energy controls the planet because it's nuclear stuff. Mm. How can you get any higher than nuclear yeah, no, other than aliens? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what are we talking about? We'll, we'll, so we'll go to aliens level, in a minute. We'll, we'll get right? there. <laughs> so, 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 for my, so my level is no different than to have a 24 karat gold chain. Right. That's the purest information that you can get. And I can take the 24K and boil it down to 22, 18, 14, 10K. You know, it's going to be impure, but it still has some level of gold in it. It's no different in my world. So to me, Q is 24 karat gold. Mm. You know, that's the highest level non-compartmentalized information that is that is its purest. So but the, but the person on the street who doesn't have a secret clearance, they may get like five karat gold. But, <laughs> or less. But you know what I'm saying? But hey, was it was it seven times? What? I uh, anyway. Five times five is 25. You get five more people with five different pieces of information. That's 25, 24 karat, 25 bonus one. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, right. just math. Yeah. That's but, all. but then, but then it becomes a matter of, Hey, do you, do you have the right information? Cause there's, you know, there's about 7,000 different interpretations of it or, or more interpretations, but you also have your enteric nervous system. So the enteric nervous system is our gut instinct. And if you put enough of this stuff together with the form of truism that I'm talking about, that's how you're able to really see the playing field. And a lot of people don't understand that the CIA has already talked about this stuff. It's on their website as far as astral projection and a lot of other stuff that we consider woo-woo. They've already done experiments well, on it saying, yeah, this is 100% real. Freaking the Pentagon came out. I did a podcast the other day talking about this. Pentagon came out like this. You, you, only in 2020 does the Pentagon come out and be like, yo, we definitely have vehicles that were not made on this planet. And the media right. go, eh, COVID deaths. It's like... <laughs> The aliens died from COVID, bro. You didn't get that memo? Oh, Let's man. start a conspiracy is, theory is, right now. Wait, wait, is that? Oh, 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 okay. Conspiracy theory for everybody. Aliens are real. The government knows it. And they figured that the only way to kill the aliens was to release COVID. To 100%. scare away. The, there's our new conspiracy theory. All right. Governments are fighting aliens with COVID. That's what it is. That's oh what happened, God. man. Okay, so you said something earlier, though, and I want to loop back to this because I think it's important, or I think I think a lot of people heard it and are like, wait, talk more about that. You said, like, the global elitists, right? The, the rings that run the world. Uh, when you're talking about racism at the beginning, we were like, well, you have to understand it comes from the global people at the top. What do you mean by that? Like, is there... Well, here's is, what I mean. Is, like, I mean is, there, a global, is there a global peop, group of people that run the world? 
I would say that there's a global, I, I, I can either say yes or no, because I've never had a chance to talk to him to absolutely know. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's where people get in trouble because they don't be transparent and vulnerable, like I just said. There you go, 100%. That's the secret. So, but what I can tell you is through my own experience, which means even going out into the Persian Gulf, when I'm watching certain things and I see high level civilians who are who maybe shouldn't be there, but they are there, and you kind of go, whoa, that's what this is really going on for? Okay. The FBI calls that a clue, just saying. Mm. So I have a unique experience where I was absolutely in a few situations where I could see what was really going on, but not everybody has the exact same experiences I have. But the problem is literally, had I not gotten with Taylor, I probably still wouldn't even be talking to you right now because I kept a lot of what I was saying to myself because I don't know if anybody, my neighbors or anybody who I talked to who's had a secret clearance. And the ones who I do, they've lost their mind because the information even on this level is truly frightening. Yeah, but so I got out. So like, what, scary. yeah, but what, give us, give us some more good. What do okay, you see? Tell me, give me a specific question, brother. I, I need to, I need to give me specifics. Like, uh, who, who's running the world? Um, like, like, do, do we, like, is there an elite global ring of people that make decisions in the world? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You think Matter so? Matter of fact, now this is, now this is public knowledge. So I don't, I can see anything that's public knowledge and how you explain it won't get you in trouble. All right. Okay. So we can, and I'm not sitting here saying that the Rockefellers are those guys. Right. Right. <laughs> but if you, if you literally go and look on their website, you will see a collective and an aggregate of high level thinkers who think that this is the best that we should do as a planet. That's why it goes into the theory of whether or not what they're doing is it right or wrong because if they've already if already, if they already have all the here's here's my logic behind it if they already have all of their needs met right they already got more money than god themselves in most cases most of these guys and girls get super bored and then they go well wait a minute why is this planet so crowded after all yeah maybe we do need to get rid of a few billion people or hey how about this over here like you know what maybe we can help those in Africa by giving them vaccines. And I can tell you from my personal experience that some of these people genuinely, okay, so in my world, there's a difference between a knowing problem and a doing problem, right? So the counter, I will call them the evil globalists who are unintentional, like an evil Mr. Rogers. They really mean well, but because they don't have the real world experience, it comes off as being conspiracy theory or who the hell are you to tell me how to live my life? Yeah, yeah. When in fact, they really want to do something good. And, I, and I'm very serious about that. Right, yeah, I believe that. I for have sure. been in those rooms and I go, what the fuck are you guys thinking? I'm sorry, you made me drop that right. bomb. Oh, like, you know, it's just like, like, what, like, I've been in those rooms, bro. Like, I'm, look, <laughs> I've been in those rooms. I'm just going, how the hell are you guys even thinking like that? Like, when's the last time you've actually talked to a real human being yeah. like me yeah. to understand that what you're seeing behind those data are real people? Yeah. See, I think that's where the disconnect is because that's how I earned my living for the last 15 years. I yeah. was literally translating between high level thinkers and low level thinkers, and somewhere in between is the truth because I had the experience. That's all I've done, brother. So that's my unique gift to this world because now I can explain on both halves. That's why I said to me, it's neither right nor wrong. Some of these people are so far out of quote unquote touch with reality that they don't understand the current struggle that somebody's having who's got roaches just trying to keep their light bill on through kerosene. Yeah, yeah. They don't They don't have the reality. That makes, it's totally so, disconnected. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like you are my friend when you walk in my shoes and because that's all I've dealt with literally for the last 15 years, nothing but seven to 10 figure business earners always on planes, always doing this stuff. So I've been in those rooms to see that. Yeah. I came straight from the Marine Corps into that environment. There was nothing in between. That's what you got to understand. Like it was totally binary. That's it. So I, I see. So when I was in those rooms, 
they're in there trying, like literally I've been in rooms where there's nothing but like clear glass walls with the Sharpie and they've got these little think tanks That's and all they're thinking about wild, is just dude. thinking about shit. That's all they're doing is just That's thinking, wild. bro. There's all they're literally, th- it looks like Star Trek when you go into some of these rooms. It's just that crazy, bro. So I'm letting you know, it's very, very Okay, real. but 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 like what kind of decisions do you think based on, I don't know what you can say or what now, I want to go back to this global, like this you thing. What are they running? Like, like is it po- politicians? Are, are, well, yeah, you've got politicians, you've got the media elite, Right. You've got uh, you got high level civilians, high level influencers. You've got people who they've identified as somebody who can help them out with their agenda. So like, yeah, it, so, so they've got this agenda. There's seven billion people on the world. They're actually. Do you think Donald Trump's part of it or no? Oh yeah. You think Donald Trump is part of the the elites that run the world? But isn't he elite? I mean, yeah, but like, don't. Well, I'm, bro- I'm being very black and white, bro. I know, but like, but, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. But like, also, like, I feel like, isn't he the person that? the elites hate like isn't that the storyline that we buy into at least that's the storyline we buy into but here's the truth nothing's really changed with the exception of the tax code the tax code is what runs the world it's not even the elites that's what you got to understand so like what do you think of trump i think he's an amazing guy but he still has no power that's the reasons why you need to have term limits yeah i saw your your head go back but here's how so how so because he's only in term for four to eight years it's the house and the senate that runs the world yeah but that's why he can only do an executive order why do they want him like Counterintuitive, kind of like playing golf, bro. Trust, I see the, I see the look. <laughs> like, but I'm just confused, man. I'm like, I'll so, break it down. I, I, and I want, I want to go into this because, so I read an article, and I have no idea if there's, you know, truth to this or not. But I'm sure you've heard this, right? It's like, hey, Donald Trump was the first person that was, that was, he wasn't supposed to be there. Hillary was supposed sure. to be in, right? He was right. elected. Everybody else was chosen, and then Donald Trump gets in. They thought Hillary was going to go in. I mean, like, I don't think any of the mainstream high level type people were like, yeah, Trump's totally in. Right. Like right. everyone thought Hillary. So Trump gets in there and like, dude, there's no denying there. We've never, ever, 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 ever seen anything like Trump. Correct. Like this is insane. Right. And so they want him out so bad. And he has made very, very, very little friends. I feel like everybody hates him. Right. Except for the American people. Once again, it's kind of the narrative we're buying into, but like, so is there any truth? Do you think to the narrative that, Donald Trump is the only thing standing in a way of America, you know, still being America and they're not being a one yes. world civilization. hundred percent. So then what, if he's part of that global elite, does the global elite want it? And he's the only one at the global elite table. That's like, absolutely not. Is that, is that what, like, how does that fit into it? So here's how it fits into it. The president's purpose is to serve the American people. That was the, that was the mechanism that our founder before founding fathers put in so that we wouldn't have somebody hijacking the planet. You have to look at the perspective of the Constitution, though. At that point in time, they weren't expecting a new world order or a global government, yet alone having a third party in between trying to shred the Constitution. So those are two elements that they weren't expecting, even though they sat around as a caucus. You also have to remember that even when the Constitution and Declaration of Independence were being done, they were being considered traitors because of the crown at that point in time. So they came over to America to start a whole different way of thinking. If they failed, then they would have gone back to England and Wall would have been beheaded. Right. Okay. Because they were they were committing treason. Yeah, for real. So we fast. So now we fast forward to where we're at. You add the elements of the uh, Roosevelt putting in the CIA and a few of those other shadow agencies in there, right? Five Eyes going around the world for the New World Order, all this other stuff, right? That's a whole different ball of wax. So Donald Trump, admittedly, is a businessman. 
Okay, that's why I said he's one of the elite. He is a global elitist. Yeah, for but sure. But there's a difference. There, there's a difference between having black energy and white energy, good energy and bad energy. Okay, just because he's a global elitist does not mean that he agreed with the agenda. So the purpose of the president is to act on behalf of the people, which is why they have executive orders. But he only has a limited term of maybe eight years. You've got people who've been in the Senate and the House forever. Yeah, but Those I feel like hasn't them. he gotten way more done? He has, but you're missing my point, though. Here, here's my point. Long after he leaves, um, before Donald Trump, the only thing that the other presidents had to do was just run the play of what the House and the Senate wanted. They didn't give a shit about what the people thought. Right. They were 100%. like, we're going to run this agenda. Right. We're going to sell the country out. And that's what was going on. Right. And then Donald Trump said, last time I checked, this is by the people and for the people. So I'm going to take it all back. So, yeah, he has unwound a lot of the stuff. That's why he has a lot of military generals around him all the time. He's literally trying to protect his assets and his life. OK, so I'm not sitting here negating that stuff. Right. But what I am saying is just that. I look at it from a purist, realist standpoint. So they weren't expecting him to come into play and absolutely unwind what they've been doing for the last 80 years. Yeah. Okay. So he's done that in less than four years. And the reasons why is because he's a businessman and he's super efficient. And if anybody doesn't believe that, look at how fast he's been appointing judges. Yeah. He put in, he put in a system that was business-like to get all of these judges appointed so fast that people's heads are spinning right now because he's right. a businessman. He sees structure. He sees things. So that's his advantage against... The, the House and the Senate is because of the fact he's a real businessman, like he's earned his dollars, regardless of how he started, he can see structure, he's put up all of this stuff, so that that's what he did when he became president. He sat back and looked around, and you look at his art of the deal, he talks about it. He hmm. talks about his first that. year, his first year he likes to look around, and then his second year is when he, go, he goes balls in. At some point in time, he realized that he couldn't do that methodology here because there was just too much against him. Too much. So he had to flip yeah. it and also find people smarter than him who could short, who give him who could give him shortcuts, and that's why he got so much done. But like, wh who's he up against? He's up against <laughs> the global elitists. The, the he's me. up against the system. It's not even the global elitists. See, here's the thing: if you look at about like the hundred year plan, and you look at some of these, like you talk about some other institutions out there that have been around for thousands of years. This is no different than like boiling a frog. You just can't throw a frog into a, boil, a boiling pot of water because they'll jump out. But what you can do is you can put the boiling frog in water, gradually turn up the heat and eventually you cook them. That's what was really going on with the United States. Yeah, 100%. So he saw that and he's just like, wait, we're at the boiling point right now. I need to jump our asses out. So that's the reasons why he's been doing all of this stuff. But because he didn't have the experience of, uh, of a politician, he had to find people who are just as experienced, if not more experienced, who can give him real world, real data at that time. And he just took the data and just studied to do this, 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 and this. Okay, how do we move the people's forward uh, the agenda forward? And that's why he's pissing other people off because they're like, hey, you're supposed to be doing this. You're supposed to be going to the G7 summit. You're supposed to be saying this. You're supposed to be saying that. And he's like, screw you guys. I'm by the people for the people. This is what I'm going to do. That's, so, how, that's how this game is being played. So what, but what's his agenda? Like, that's his what agenda. I get about Trump. Like, what, uh, what's he trying to do? Like, dude. Legacy, bro. One word. Legacy. Yeah. Dude, bro, he's already got more money than God. Bro, his, he, his he's, family's taken care of. He's stupid rich. He's stupid loaded. I mean, maybe he got bored and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna run for president." But no, but, but okay, but like, then why? Because I'm like, the dude is up against his legacy is completely destroyed and tarnished for one section of people. And he's the savior of the whole world in the United States for the other side of people, right? right. Like, I mean, that's really, there's really only two sides to Trump, right? You love him, you hate him. That's about it. And so I'm like, why does he keep going? 
Like, what is he, what does he have to gain? Like he's in office. Let's say he wins another, like, let's say he wins again, right? You think he's going to win again? Um, I think the data points here. Yeah. I think he's going to win again too. Okay. So yeah, he's going, so. he's going to win again. So he, let's pretend. So he's in office for another four years. He's in, he could literally sit there and do nothing for four years. He could coach, yeah. he could go play golf. He, I know that's not Trump, but there's gotta be some underlying driving thing that he's trying to accomplish, right? Like, is he, is he fighting the deep state? Is that who he's up against? I mean, he's even said publicly in his interviews, he's like, there's some really evil, mean people that don't like me. This might be the last time you see me in right. a while, right? So like, clearly he understands that he's up against evil, but like, right. what's he, like, where's he trying to take America? What's he trying to do? It still boils down to legacy. Here's why. Yeah, it, it because he built he built his his funds he built his millions up to billions here. Okay, he's got kids. So as soon as he dies, like I actually hung out with I worked with with for a billionaire in this company. Right, as soon as he died, but just before he died, I'm gonna give you a perfect example. He wanted to keep the legacy going about what his brand represented, how his people represented, and all of this stuff. Right, he hired seven people to be on his general counsel. Okay. The minute that he died, within a week, the whole philosophy and mindset of the company shifted, period. With seven people on the board and their, and their whole goal was supposed to literally run his agenda so that the company would say the exact same, okay? Trump thinks the exact same way. It's only but so much golf that you can play. It's only but so much that you can help your kids. But if the environment, keyword here, the environment isn't perfect, then how can you expect them to flourish and prosper? So you think that Trump's just basically like, yo, I want to set up the environment. Yeah, that's how he won. To, to, to basically, uh, be pro what I want and what he wants is whatever, you know, Trump pro capitalism, the free market. I don't know, whatever the, and so he's like, Hey, I'm going to tear down all this crap. I'm going to undo a bunch of this crap that they're doing. And so I'm going to, so that my legacy can live on and that my kids and grandkids and yeah. you know, so on and so it's forth. It's survival, bro. Survival on the highest level. So because we, who's we, his we, main opponent though? Like I know the system, but like what? Like what? where's two scenarios? One right. is with Trump. One is without Trump, right? Like okay. where do we go? What's the difference? Without Trump, we would already been probably enslaved. Okay. Like enslaved um, how so? How so? Because there's a lot of stuff that I even seen 20 years ago that's outdated that you're just now seeing right now, as far as the technocracy goes. There is a such thing as a technocracy. It's very, very real. You technocracy, know, control, d- define that, define that. Well, being slaves to our iPhones that tell us exactly what the hell we need to do next, how we need to do it, when we need to do it, where we need to do it. Forget about the, the chips in your arms and stuff like that. It's right here in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen it. Yeah, it's so funny, yeah. Well, it's, it's true, though, but a lot of people don't know this stuff because there's literally six generations of human beings on this planet right now. This, I think it's one of the very few times in society where we literally have six generations from 1932 all the way up to your generation Zers. OK, so when you're talking about the different ranges of people, they have different forms of reality. They all have their different ways of thinking. They have that's why Generation X can't understand you know, I, I can't understand some of the stuff that my daughters do. I'm like, that's way too liberal for how I think, right? But the Constitution was there for a reason. It's the operating system of what enabled him to become wealthy, okay? So if we don't all have that same opportunity, you talked about racism, we talked about upper mobility, we talked about a lot of that stuff. Love it or hate it, it may not be the best thing on the planet, but it's one that works. So I remember somewhere, and I would like to even see if I can dig back, but he talked about it. He's just like, the only thing I'm doing is enforcing what's in their freaking constitution. This isn't rocket science. He didn't really do anything that was so ingenious 
The only thing he was doing was enforcing what our forefathers wanted, right? And that's the reason why he said, law and order, law and order. If we want this to happen, it's law and order, law and order. I'm just saying, bro, that's- Yeah, that's yeah. Just... yeah, but I mean, I feel like he's trampled. I mean, he's done some unconstitutional stuff too. Like what? I mean, I, I, I don't have specifics in front of me. I'll have, to, I'll have to find them and pull them up. But let like Trump, okay, let me, let me reuse re re that phrase of constitution. Trump has not been, Trump is not an upright, perfect letter of the law type person. You know, there's okay. been, there's been many, many times when, you know, he's gotten in trouble for a lot of things and, and I'm for certain he's done things that are very illegal or so illegal in maybe they're not punishable by, you know, imprisonment or whatnot, but broke the law of Asians, whatever. Cool. So like if Trump is, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, is there any truth to the fact that Trump is up against some global elitist deep state, they call it the deep state, right? Yeah. Of, uh, of, of this, and if he gets there, right? And the, the, the analogy of drain the swamp and at the center of the swamp, there's essentially this core group of people, this core ring of the deep state that Trump is after. And that if he gets there, he can grab it, he can rip it out. That's the final plug of the swamp. And then, and then like, that's what we're after. But what happens then? Like, is there any truth to that's what he's up against? That's what he's after? I just don't know what, like, you're saying Trump doesn't really have that much power in the one context. And then at the same time, you know, over here, he's, you know, let's say he's in for eight years. He's doing a bunch of stuff. He's enforcing the Constitution. He's unwinding a bunch of stuff that people put in place. Okay, he does that. Let's say he accomplishes everything that he's trying to accomplish in eight years. Let's say he does it. Then mm -hmm. what? Then what it's happens? It's a hard reset. It's a hard reset. What does you're that mean? What that means is that you're back to the basics of what our forefathers saw in this country. They saw a sovereign nation. They saw a nation that wasn't supposed to be dependent upon global uh, distribution systems like it is right now. Like our like our pharmaceuticals were shipped overseas. So then when this pandemic hit, we don't even have enough for our own selves. Like you've got people trampling on masks. You got people who are doing other kinds of stuff. Our forefathers envisioned a sovereign nation. You know, they had their own farms, they had their own ways of doing stuff. It wasn't until the Industrial Revolution was where we developed systems and processes that kind of delocalized a lot of what we have right now. I literally have an Amazon across the street from me. I don't really need an Amazon. I'm talking about the distribution center. I don't need that. All I have to do is go see my local, you know, grocer over here and this and that. Why do I have to get it all the way from, from China or New Zealand? It doesn't make any sense. So our forefathers started this country because they wanted to be sovereign. They didn't want to have dependence upon the queen or anybody else who, who was in their reality at that point in time. So by us doing a hard reset, the only thing you're doing is just saying, hey, you know what? You have gotten back your sovereignty now. How you screw up your life after that is your business. That's just how I see it, bro. It may not be right, but that's what I see. So how does that play into business? And like, cause like, I feel like there is essentially three, and they're not really separate, but like there's three, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kind of like brainstorm it out here and you can kind of get what I'm going. There's like the media, right. right? Which controls the mind, right? And then there's business and the business elite, which I understand like media falls into business, but there's also, you know, other type of like business, right? And right. then there's political, right? And so you kind of have these world leaders where there's the political influence, there's the business influence, and then there's the media influence. And each of them have a tremendous amount of pull. They're all driven by business, but the business right. uses political people for their political purposes, the media to do their media stuff or whatever. And like Trump is very much in all three of those camps, like, you know, right. big, big time. And it's like, 
you know, big capitalist greed is a real thing, right? And and there's these, I mean, just unlimited amounts of funds, really. I mean, money is essentially just unlimited, more or less, right? So like, I'm like, the American system is screwed up. The way that the, the America was founded doesn't really work for the current society. It was written with 2 million people. Now you've got 300 million people. Trump is fighting against this deep, dark state of, we don't even know really what he's up against that is pushing against him. He fights it, he beats it. I the only, I see two scenarios. I see either one, world, world order takes over, right? They get rid right. of Trump, world order takes over, or B, there's a complete economic collapse, right? And there's a complete reset of like everything and everything comes crumbling down and we're like starting over from square one. Mm -hmm. Is What's the third option? The third option is exactly what he's doing right now. He's letting these states get their sovereignty back. He's not jumping into California right now and letting Newsom, he's not trying to fix Newsom's problems. He's letting shit blow up because we have to realize that we are sovereign, whether it's a city, whether it's a state or whether it's a country. So the constitution, regardless of whether it's 3 million or 30 billion people, I'm not, I don't live where you live. Right. So I still can take those same constitutional principles and still flourish and prosper in my own environment. Just because we're connected through the internet does not necessarily mean that all of a sudden we have to continue to do business or let me ship something over here to you. Like we can have a local company that has, you know, the Zoom or whatever. I mean, you can have a lot of stuff. It was when we started globalizing things and we started commingling rules and laws and cultures and all this other stuff that that's where people say, oh, the Constitution is no longer valid. It's bullshit because a lot of these companies and these and these cultures have flourished and prospered through American technology. So nobody can argue, cannot argue against that. The other thing that we're not talking about is the petrol dollar, regardless of whether it where it's at right now, is still more valuable than any other currency right now. So yeah, we can say that the economy is collapsing. Yeah, we still can say that small businesses and we're, we're in stage four, but you still can't go to the bars and all this other stuff. But the reality of it is we still have more volume of dollars in Petro than the rest of the world. So we still hold all the cards. And that's the reasons why the global cartel is so pissed off because they were expecting the economy to collapse months ago. Okay. The RV industry, as an example, has produced more GDP that has compensated for the bars and everything else being gone because number one, there's a big profit margin and people are like, we're tired of this shit. We don't wanna be in the grid anymore. I maybe wanna live in my RV or I can't use the planes, that's fine. I'm gonna go over here and drive. That's what's been driving our economy. So when you look at it, like I said, going back to our tax codes and going back to the way that the game is really played, which is through the petrol dollar and the tax codes, because nobody talks about that, it's not sexy enough. That's where, that is literally the operating system for how the world runs. So you can look at how, how the world so? runs by going through the 70,000 pages that are in the IRS tax code, the internal revenue manual and internal revenue code. It'll tell you how the world's ran because everybody's using the dollar, period. So if what happens if one, that, what happens if people stop using the dollar? Then we take our own dollar back. That's fine. We're not, look, bro, we still have enough resources in the united states because we've been using other people's resources and that's what trump proved by bringing energy back into the u.s our reserves are still high as far as gas goes we still have fracking we still have coal we still have enough energy to sustain ourselves we still have the the, the iron to steel fields from when i was in chester pennsylvania down the street all he has to do is reopen them. we 
still have Bethlehem, Bethlehem still down the street. We still have all of these infrastructures in place. It won't take, and that's the reason why if you listen to him in his first term, he kept talking about building up the infrastructure, building up the infrastructure, right? Let's look at our military. I personally know some people who are still in those factories right now. They haven't stopped building bombs and armament to protect ourselves. They've still been working 12, 14, 15 hours a day since he got in office. So what if, so what if they stop using our stuff? It doesn't matter. What Trump is saying is just that we're a sovereign, we're a sovereign, we're a sovereign country. We're going to do this with or without you. And also you got to keep in mind too, I, I watch the news, but I don't just watch it from the US angle. I have, I have anons all over the country too, and all over the world. So they share different perspectives of what the rest of the countries are saying. It's not the same as the US. What, right? what does the world think of Trump? <laughs> the people who don't run the world love the way that he's running the business mm. because he's running the country like the business. Because yeah. they look, we are right now still the gold standard of how the world runs. Yeah. They just want more confidence in the dollar. Okay. So by them still seeing him run it the way that he's running it, despite all odds and look at the S and P and look at some of the other stuff. That's, that's, that's the tell the tale, but you also don't even look at the stock market. Screw that. That's too small. Yeah. Look at how the Euro, look at how, look at, look at the foreign exchange markets and, and how the Euro USD is working. That'll tell you the real story because, and we're still, we're still super competitive because we still have more volume of dollars than anybody else out there. And it's not because of us printing more. It's just because we have more, intrinsic value and the confidence of what we bring to the table. And they comp right. And the confidence is huge. Like what right. we bring to the table is yeah. the whole picture. Although, man, I tell so all you, all of a sudden we're going to rely upon like the African, uh, hell no, nobody's yeah. going to go. Oh, we're going to do it. They don't even want to go to the, to, uh, let's, let's talk about China for a second right there. Yeah. They don't even want to go to that. They don't want to, because the CCP's way of thinking is completely different than the people's way of thinking in China. So what are the, do the narrative that that a lot of Republicans or I should say Trump supporters have painted is it's basically Trump against the world in the sense of Trump against the world leaders. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like the people in America and around the world are pro Trump and the global leaders and the elitists in the and the media, they're all anti Trump. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, do you think there's any truth to that? Yeah. Yeah. OK. So if that be the case and Trump loses. Biden gets to put in office, which let's be, let's just real talk here for a second. The scariest thing about Joe Biden getting elected is the fact that you have no idea who runs the country at that point. Cause oh, yeah. it ain't Joe Biden. Let me tell you that. So I'm like, sure. so Joe Biden wins, he's in there. What like is the goal to destroy America? Is it to bring it down? Is it to have a yeah. globalized country? Like why would, yeah. why would the, I'm generalizing here for all you listeners. I have some Democrat friends. I love you all. I you think I think you're dumb sometimes, but I love you all. Okay. But like generally speaking here, Democrat, liberal, left, why would they want to destroy America? Like what do they get out of that? The elitists, the Clintons, the the Bidens of the world, the Obamas of the world. Like, what do they get out of destroying it? The Soros. I don't know about all of those people who you just talked about. What I can talk about in generalities, though. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Sorry. Let's rewind time all right the 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 powers that be those that shall not be named okay right what do they get out of it dude they've already been selling out the country for tens of hundreds of millions of dollars that's what they're getting so but it goes deeper than that they think that they get a part of the equity of what the global agenda brings that's mm. the reasons why that's what they get. They get the power that's supposed to come with that. But what they don't realize is that even from a higher level, do you really think that the people who really run the world are going to give them that kind of power? No, 
they're not going to say, hey, you know, listen, let me just give up my power. It's no different than if you got your own business. Are you going to get somebody equity in your business just because? Hell no. You're right. So let's look at it from a business standpoint. But yet I'm still going to try to influence my managers, you know, my top leaders of my company say, hey, bro, here's this carrot. You keep going and you just might get a piece of my company. That's how that's it, it just works on the global level the exact same way, bro. So, so you've got people selling out the country who don't understand that because they're not business people. They don't get it. It's all about their pride and their ego. So let's talk about COVID with uh -huh. the um, filter, the prerequisite here to say, hey, guys, we know this is just opinion. This is Fred's opinion, my opinion. OK, like we don't have I maybe you know, who knows, maybe you have back facts to back it up. We're we're spitballing here. I get it. But like. Have you heard of Plandemic and Plandemic 2, the videos? Uh-uh. Plandemic, it, like Facebook deletes it if you, like, if you share the video on there. It went around, like maybe when, when, when COVID first started, it was going around and it was, there was this lady who basically was like, hey, co and there's like a bunch of stuff that you know, like comes with it, but hey, COVID was made in, made in a factory or made in a lab, essentially, right? It was let out and kind of things like that. Like this was all planned. And there's like all these, this video footage and documentation of like the WHO of like five, six, eight months before, you know, COVID came out, they reenacted this exact scenario and how we would handle it and everything like that. And then Plandemic 2 just came out on like a week or two ago and it's been making its ways around, right? So COVID, which I believe COVID's a real virus. Don't get me wrong. Like I think COVID is an actual sickness. I believe people can actually get it. I know people that have had it, right? But there's a lot of, I hate to even say evidence because I don't know, but the okay. evidence that you've seen, there's a lot to it that points that A, it was absolutely manufactured in a lab, at least, right. you know, a, a case of it. There's, there's video documentation evidence that of the Obama administration. And once again, I'm not trying to single out Obama, just underneath that administration, right, administration given, giving money to the lab over in right. Wuhan, uh, right. Fauci over in the lab video, video. I've seen it with my eyes of Fauci over there in the Wuhan lab where this started, right? right. Gates owning, uh, I can't remember if it was Gates or if it was a foundation that he was part of it might not have been Gates himself owning the, the patent for the, for a, COVID-19 uh, vaccine, right? right? Like all these different things, well before any of this COVID thing happens. And right. then there's, because of that, as you said, there are two things that are completely unrelated. You put them together and it forms a conspiracy theory, Ooh, right? But like, <laughs> hey, we wanna take Trump, Trump down, release COVID. I'm not saying that happened, but mm -hmm. was COVID intentionally put out there? Do you think? Um. Let me put it to you this way. And I got to be real careful about how I say this because some of the stuff I don't need to watch is because I lived it. Yeah. So, and I do have experience as far as being in those kinds of environments. And I have to put it to you that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me, let me, I have to gather my thoughts on this one to make sure I'm not putting and getting us yeah. in trouble here. Um, when I was in the Marines, we were already being trained for this kind of stuff to happen. Okay. It was called NBC, Nuclear, Biological, and Chemical Warfare. Now it's called CBRN, which is Chemical, Biological, Radiation, and Nuclear. So it's changed since I was in there, okay? I had already known just from my experience in the Marine Corps that when people started talking about this specific virus, that it was real. You can go back. Oh, did you hit me? Back to oh, my time. Hold on, sorry, there you go. You're good now. Yeah, you can go, how much did you miss, all of it? Or no, no, like two seconds, you're good. 
You can go, yeah, you can so go you back. Can go all the way back to my timeline. I'm probably one of the very first people on Facebook wearing a mask mm. because I was actually at this exact same airport where somebody from Chicago and almost at the exact same terminal was diagnosed with the original Wuhan virus because Chicago got hit with the, with the original 1.0 and so did New York. So how did I know? And I actually put out there on Facebook and I was very unpopular. Uh, I lost a lot of friends. And then it got worse when Kobe died. And I said, watch, Kobe's going to trend more than this. And I lost even more people. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm trying to let you guys know that this is real. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like people who know me know that I don't talk shit. Like it's usually backed up. Right. So I guess what I'm telling you is just that the way that this virus is, is that it has skipped a lot of the generations that would make it as deadly as maybe a couple hundred years. It's been accelerated. Okay. There's a, there's technology that even when I was in the Marine Corps that they were experimenting with that is now institutionalized, just like you can break up DNA, you can put these chimeras together. So I can't go into a specific conversation that I had, but let me put it to you this way. When I was out in the Persian Gulf, I did see some stuff, signs and indicators that that stuff was kind of in play and it wasn't as lethal as it is now. It maybe only had a 15 meter kill radius. The reasons why is because you have to have some type of accelerant. What, what, what do you mean a 15 meter kill radius? So in other words, some of the stuff that was already being used in those real world situations, if it was being released out into the public, it had a small kill radius. Kill radius was, meaning what? Meaning that if they were to do certain things, i.e. test these things out, then whatever was in that environment would not survive. For That's a, about as far for, as for, I can park for, it, bro. For a virus? For, for a sickness? Not necessarily for a sickness, but in order for... Okay, I'm going to give you another example. And I hate to bring up the Holocaust, but this is what happened. Okay, okay, yeah. They were, they were, they were literally testing a lot of this stuff on people who were in the concentration camps, right? The only difference between Te there, testing testing what stuff specifically, like sickness type testing, stuff, like 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 for example, how we know how much, like like the like the kill radius of electric, that's how we got that chart. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So this so, is the part where we have to connect dots, and I have to speak very general. Uh, okay, but the kill radius of like, oh, if you're near this, like the radiation off of these things or Correct. the, okay, okay. So we're not talking about specifically the COVID virus or whatnot. We could be, right. but I would be going oh. into areas. That I okay, go right. So, so there's, okay, okay, continue. Yeah, so uh, that's why we have to connect the dots on certain things that I'm talking about right now. Okay. This is the part where I even teach the group. We have to speak general on certain things. I got to speak very broad. Okay. So like when we get things like this, where there's already, they're trying to map out how effective certain kill things are, they do get tested out in the wild. They do get tested out in real life situations. So it's not to say that the, and I'm tied into Wuhan, it's not to say that it wasn't released in a small radius just to see how it would respond. It's totally possible. Like for blacks, they tested syphilis on us. They wanted to see that, that's, that, that's, that's documented in John Hopkins you know, research. Yeah, yeah. So that's a perfect example of how these things show up in the real world. So, so it's totally, so it's totally possible if we look at those two to three examples I just gave you, and that happened 30, 40, 60 years back, why would it change now? There's no, there's no real rules and regulations on how this stuff should be. So, there. so you, what you're saying, and hopefully this is generalized enough, but you're saying that, Hey, 
it's totally possible that something like a COVID or a disease or something like that could have been made in a lab. It wasn't really supposed to get out, but they had to test it. And so they went out to the wild, they tested it. And oh, all of a sudden yeah. it's, we tested it and we thought we contained it, but we didn't. Yeah, I believe that. Now, I believe that 100%. Because even if you look at your Lysol can, it says treat against coronavirus. Coronavirus has been around forever. Not this Not type this of strand. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, like, not the 19. Shit just got real. It's like, oh, my God. Like, how did this happen? Because it is through, like, a, a, a few of my friends have actually had coronavirus. Um, one of my family members. Yeah, I've had, had several friends. Yeah. Yeah, well, one of my family members was actually in critical care for two weeks and two out of her five friends actually died. Wow. So so it is a huge game of cooties on the planet. Make no mistake about it. So when it catches you, it catches you right. That's what they, that's what the biggest fear was, which is the reasons why they wanted to lock everything down. Because we've had Zika. We've had SARS. We've had MERS. We've had every other thing. Right. But this is the motherfucker that got away. <laughs> that's all I'm telling you. Now, see how they had to back into those dots. This is the one that actually got away. Mm. So that's why I'm telling you, like, sometimes these things can happen. I don't know. And I don't have any resources to say, hey, Fred, yeah, we got fucking, you know, it's coming your way. And this is the real deal. Right. But just from signals and signs of my training, I was able to know for a fact that this was going to happen the way that it did. So so it would be and I use terms loosely here. It would be unwise to automatically assume this was deliberately released into the world. However, well, here, OK, let's reverse engineer that thought. I love I love how you went with that. Let's reverse engineer this. Trump is officially a war president. You don't get that designation for any reason whatsoever. What do you mean he's a war president? He is officially by the powers of Congress and everything else. He re, he satisfies the requirements of us being in a wartime situation right okay. now without us declaring war. W with COVID? No. Or pre-COVID? Yeah, a real war president. Like, if he wanted to push the nuclear button right now, he could push it. So why is even, that designation? E even pre-COVID? No, not pre-COVID. Okay, not pre-COVID. Yeah, but, exactly. but now COVID he is. Okay. Exactly. So you have to ask yourself, why is that? That's that's the bigger question that I would prefer but, us. But, think but how about. but how does the, so so I'm gonna loosely connect dots here. So pre-COVID, he's not a wartime president. He's a joke. Now he's wartime president with COVID, and he has a, and he has the ability to push these buttons. Right. So COVID. So something happened along the way where they connected some dots that we haven't seen. So let me give you some clues. Okay. Back in November or December, the CDC was already hiring for a quarantine specialist. This is fact. You can go to the CDC website right yeah, now. Yeah, and they knew it was coming back back a while right. ago. Yeah. So how did they know back then? Also, I think Henry Kissinger, I think there's a YouTube video out where he's actually talking about in mid-October, he's going to go over there and talk to the Chinese about this stuff. Specifically. Yeah. It's a 17-minute video, and I think around the like 12 or 13-minute mark, he actually brings this up. I think I've seen that video. Yeah. So... We start connecting those kinds of dots and we have to look at the probability of things, not necessarily the absolute black and white. And that's where people get in trouble. Right, right. So if we start really putting it together like that, then magically on the 27th, just around this impeachment time is when Pelosi does the articles of impeachment. This is where we start seeing the trail. And then the pandemic hits about maybe 60 days later, 75 days later. But I don't understand the correlation. Well, like, like originally when you said that, what, Trump wanted to be a wartime president, so Trump released coronavirus so they could be a wartime president? 
No, like, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying that is just that if you look at how Kissinger wanted to go over there anyway, back in September, October, November, we're looking for a CDC specialist. Just around the time they started announcing the COVID hitting the United States was in January. That's the timeline, bro. That's not Fred Smith. That's literally how the timeline goes. Right. But why is that relevant? Why wouldn't it be relevant? Who's our enemy? Where'd it come from? So, so, so that, that's what we're that's the dot we're connecting is we've already declared war and we've already been in a war. I'll just, I'll say this part because this part is, is, is verifiable. What the minute that Trump said that said the Chinese are manipulating the currency is when we declared war. Unofficially declared war. Correct. Right. So because war is, so here's a problem where most people don't get bro. War is asymmetrical these days. It's not like the British back in the day where we're all in rank and file, having our rifles, and we're marching down the hill, right, and right. you used to get mauled down by cannons. That's how war was. It was very black and white. Here's the enemy. Here's the friend. Right. Okay? Now we fast forward a couple hundred years. You've got war where people are just trying to attack your website, where people are infiltrating records online. It's more intangibles kind of stuff. We also have financial warfare. There's a lot of stuff that's going on behind the scenes that they don't talk about. But Trump correctly identified currency manipulation and people were like, well, what are you talking about? Like, that's not true. Well, even when I was a professional trader, I did some day trading and stuff like that. It's the exact same thing. We can see the currency being manipulated. I traded in real time. I saw it all the time. I used to get picked off all the time as a trader. So I knew it was the right. And so when Trump was talking about that, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm, you know, I'm getting picked off. I just placed a trade. Like literally, bro, I lost 25,000 in less than a half a second because I got picked off because somebody picked my trade up. That's how real this shit really is. But you have to play on those levels to know that this happens. But again, nobody thinks like Fred Smith. They're sitting there going, no, I got to work the nine to five and I got to hit this machine over here and hopefully my paycheck is right and blah, blah, blah. They don't got time to think about this kind of stuff. Right. It's like a whole different reality dimension of thinking than exactly. they could even fathom or understand. Right. So you take it at his level. It's a conspiracy theory because they've never played at that level. They don't know. But they maybe or maybe they're not even close to that level. If Trump's a wartime president and has the ability to hit these, you know, buttons, and let's 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 throw out a crazy conspiracy here. Let's pretend, okay. let's pretend, and maybe it's not a conspiracy, but who knows? But let's pretend that China intentionally released the coronavirus and their objective was to get it over to the United States. Right? Mm -hmm. Like let's pretend, right? And they sent it over to us to get us all sick. Their own people die, but we know China doesn't really care about their people. So, you know, right. who cares? Like they can all die. And by the way, dude, like what was it last week or four or five days ago? Wuhan just threw a freaking ginormous, massive concert packed. No yep. mask, no social distancing, wall yep. to wall, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And oh, by the way, they haven't reported a COVID case since May. Yep. What the what? <laughs> I'm so confused by this. It right. makes no sense to me at all. What is going on? But like, let's pretend they shoot, they shoot it over to us. And then there has been, I mean, I was reading today, like that China is like China is favoring Biden. And there's, mm -hmm. there is, there is uh, also evidence in the same article that says Russia is favoring uh, Trump. Right. So let's, let's, right. right. Russia's favoring Biden because, or, I mean, sorry, Russia's favoring Trump. Tr Tr China is favoring Biden because they hate Trump. So they release coronavirus. They send it over to us for whatever reasons. So, because they were wanting to declare war on us because of some ulterior motive. And then where does Gates fit into this? Because I feel like Bill Gates is just a, just a man, man. Like what a dude, <laughs> but like, I don't un like, I just don't get what the unobjective all is. All right. So here, so here's, here's a dot I'm going to connect on all of this. It'll give us awesome perspective. Okay. So Trump is the only one who successfully nationalized our federal reserve. 
Okay. Yeah. Abraham, what Abraham on Lincoln, earth? That's the secret, bro. That's what nobody's talking about. So Abraham Lincoln got killed because he tried to nationalize the currency with the greenback or whatever. JFK tried to do the exact same thing that Trump did. And he got assassinated for it. Right. So now Trump is looking to he now that he's brought that in. So these are the two big things that he's done that nobody's talking about. He changed the tax code. That changes the structure of how the whole planet runs. Okay. That's and not just and 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 for those of you that are listening that are like, what do you mean you change the tax code? Every president changes the tax code. We're not talking about like raising and lowering taxes and things like that. Like that's just okay, you know, changing of that. But the actual like, major overhaul. Like ma like majorly like reconstructed the way that things were done. Yeah, here's how the dollar needs to work in order for us to flourish and prosper. Yeah. So when he made that move, it instantly closed a lot of the loopholes that the people who take advantage of them for power and influence, they were shit out of luck, including him. Because like I said, it affects it affects the super wealthy. So when he changed- when he <laughs> Yeah, old, yeah, but he's also smart enough to where it probably affected him very little. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I, always, yeah. I always laughed, it was so funny. Uh, just a side note here, I don't, I don't want to distract from this, but there, no, were, there was one, there was one uh, law that he passed. So it's um, first in, first out for stocks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny because I used to live in Omaha. I live in, in uh, right outside of Denver now. But in Omaha, I mean, it's Warren Buffett land, right? Everybody's yeah. in investing as a stock traders, insurance, like the whole nine yards. And uh, I was I was out at dinner one time. I was sitting next to this guy, and he was just so pissed. He's like, "I tell you what, dude." He's like, "It used to be that I could you know sell my top stock, and you know yeah. I could buy in, sell out. Now I got to sell it from the bottom." Yeah. And he was so mad at Trump for it. Yeah. He's like, "I'm gonna have to pay all yeah. these taxes or whatever." Yeah. And I was like, "Huh, that's funny." He, he's like, "I can't believe Trump <laughs> did this." And I was like, "Well, you know that Trump probably doesn't own much stock." He's like, "I know." <laughs> he's like, "He's all in real estate, right?" Real I mean, estate. That, that, like, that's his, so of course he did that. So so you know, Trump, you sly dog. We see you. <laughs> anyway, continue. Well, hey, that's what I'm saying. Game yeah. recognized game. Yeah, game recognized game. How do you know who are actually having this conversation that me and you are having? Right. It's very rare. Right. right. These are like unicorn conversations, bro. Unfortunately. Like, yeah, unfortunately, that's why I'm glad that you've got this platform to talk about this kind of stuff because people need to hear this stuff, bro. Yeah. And and so so going back into what we're saying though, but you're hitting the nail on the head again. It's just like So even, oh, oh, Trump Trump I want to I want to continue the conversation though. Trump did two things. One was the tax code. Right. And then what? What was the second one? The second thing after he did that was once he once he adjusted the tax code, he started really adjusting I wouldn't say the constitution, but he's just started enforcing more of it. But where, and where I, does the federal reserve fit into that? Well, the federal reserve, now that it's nationalized, if you go back into, I think it was either March or April and it's on the .gov website, it talks about him wanting to have a form of what they call reinsurance. Like we had the, we had gold backing. It was, it was before it became fiat currency. We had real gold, right? So the way that he has it structured now, it's going back to that exact same kind of standard. Which is, okay. Like it's, it's okay. I don't want to be taken out of context here. Okay. Right. Because like, there's so many people that are going to hear this and be like, Josh, how dare you? What Trump is doing is blah, blah, blah. And there's some things where I'm like, yeah, but, but like, I am all about the gold standard. I'm all about right. it. Right. I, I love that idea. I think it's ridiculous that we got away from it. I know that that. I understand that there are major repercussions from going back from that for all of you money people out there. I get it. But for those people, before we go down this rabbit hole of this, please explain to them when you say that the Federal Reserve was nationalized. Okay. A lot of people don't understand what that means. Okay, I'll, okay, I'll break it down. Break it down in a way that the yeah. average person that can understand because you, got, got, you. you got the Fed and you got the Treasury, right? You got, yeah. yeah. Continue. I got you, boo. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> the Federal Reserve was just about as federal as Federal Express. 
it was not under any type of governing. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a government entity. It was ran by a banking cartel. You can go read the Creature of Jekyll Island. And that's where it was formulated, and then it got snuck into ratification. I think either 1913 or 14 in like December. And the Federal Reserve is essentially like the U.S.'s bank. The central. Well, the, no, they're actually the printing press. That, that that prints the money and then they give us permission to use it and they put a vig on there. The the I'm sorry. The, wait, now I'm confused. The tre there's the Treasury and then there's the Federal Reserve. Correct. The Department of Treasury is yes. something that's completely different. Yes. They loaned. They were originally saying, "Hey, we will print the money for you and we will loan you the money that we're printing, Mister uh, uh, Department of Treasury. We will give you these stacks of paper. You got to pay us back one percent." Right. Right. So the, sorry, the treasury acted as essentially the bank for the U S right. not, yes. not the, not the federal reserve. I'm sorry, guys, for, I had that backwards. The treasury is essentially like this bank right. that we borrow money from. It's kind of complicated, super com But then there's the treasury, which is kind of the thing which you're getting into, which is the thing that the entity that distributes or creates the money. But like we would have to go through, we used to have to go to, and it's not this way anymore, but we used to have to go from the Fed, the Fed would go to the treasury and be like, hey, we need X amount of dollars. Right. And then the treasury would go and say, okay, if you're going to have, and it, the gold standard said, okay, well, the treasury has X number amounts of gold in it, right? And because... So if you're going to print X number of dollars, Fed, then we're going to back it with X number of gold or assets or whatnot. But it is no longer that way, right? Right. So I'm going to say it a different way. Okay. So so the Department of Treasury says, hey, we need $20 billion printed. Can you hook us up, Federal Reserve? And then the Federal Reserve says, hey, gold, we need to print $20 billion on behalf of the Department of Treasury. And then gold says, well, no. This piece of paper isn't worth that much because right now the market's saying that I'm only worth this. That's the way, that's how it was the checks and balances. And that was the gold market. standard. Correct. Right. That was the checks and balances, which is what they call pegged. So, so the paper was pegged to something tangible like gold so that in the event somebody defaulted on the loan of a dollar, then they would get the gold as a result of that. Right. Yeah. So and once they said, poof, that's gone. Oh, let's just tie it to petrol. There's plenty of petroleum around. So even though it was, even though, because it's, it's not a dollar, it's a petrol dollar right now. So the confidence goes into how the market of, of petroleum goes. Crude oil, there's actually three types of oil, crude, sweet, and I forgot the third one. So that's really, that's really the reasons why we started getting to all of this because there was an endless supply of that more than gold. So then they were like, hey, we can print as much as we want. And the Saudis were kind of going through OPEC. Well, print as much as you want. We got all these dead dinosaurs over here. We can just go pump, get more oil, you know, right, whatever. Right. <laughs> so, so that's really. Once so what did Trump do? Well, Trump has pulled it all back in and he's looking to reinsure the dollar with some type of standard. I don't know what it is yet because it's just so new. Like nobody knows what it is. People are thinking he's going to go back to the gold Where, standard. Where's what was that that happened? I read and I don't know enough about how the the money financial institutions work to to go each other, but it was essentially like and I'm going to break it down to a super like third grade level. So if I'm off on this, like feel free to be like, oh no, that's not how it works. You have Fed, which prints money. Uh huh. You have Treasury, which is basically like the U.S. bank. They're two separate things. Okay, the right? And it used to basically be that was like, hey, if we're going to print money, 
We go to the treasury, like we said, and said, hey, we're gonna print some more money. We need some assets to back it. And they're like, sweet, we've got gold. So now right. the value of the gold basically goes up and down, Correct. more or less based on how much money we print. Then right. we leave the gold standard and we say, hey, we're gonna go through and we're gonna continue to print money, but we still need something to back that money. So we go to right. the treasury and we say, find something else to assign the value of, we just printed a hundred billion dollars, find something that can back it. So if we default on the loans, we have something to go through and do. Right. What happened this year though was, I want to say the Trump administration, but I could be wrong on this, um, came along and was like, hey, Treasury, guess what? We'll back the money we print. And it was like, they no longer have to tie money to an ass, a physical asset or any form of asset over here because they're basically saying, hey, if we default on it, we'll just print more and we'll back it. So we're the ones that are going to, for now, we're going to create it. And if we default on it, we'll pay it back. For now. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's well, the reasons why is because Trump had hit the nail on the head. The original purpose of the, the Federal Reserve was in the event the markets start failing like they are, you pump more volume into it for to sustain the volatility. So that's not what happened here. What happened was the Federal Reserve essentially became a piggy bank for somebody else. The money was getting siphoned off. That's what happened. But how so but how is that a good thing, though? How is it a good thing that we can now like and I don't, I, I don't know if it was Trump or the administration or what, but I remember meet your new Federal Reserve Chairman Donald Trump, right? Right. I because because he because he now is like, hey Treasury, like basically, and I'm not saying I'm not singling out Trump because I don't know if Trump had anything to do with it. I mean, obviously Trump has something to do with it, but like I don't know if he's the one that made the call or who it was. But he was. They were basically like, hey, we've got. We need more money. We're going to continue to print money, and I don't even care if you can't find anything to back it with. If you can't find anything to back it with. Uh, here's a note that says we'll back it, even though the right. only way we're going to back it is by printing more money. That seems like but a bad idea. Well, the reasons why it's not is because there's a higher level question. The higher level question is why will we need to print it in the first place? But more importantly, why will we give our power away to the Federal Reserve who really has no interest because they're more of a global entity now versus us being a sovereign country? So, so what he's bringing back by, he, by him bringing it back in-house is that technically the people are supposed to tell how much our standards worth because again, bro, I hate to bring, we'll go down another rabbit hole, but we're cattle. That's why we have birth certificates. And that's the reasons why you can't unsubscribe and just decide you want to be, you know, <laughs> you can't, over here in South Africa you, somewhere. You can't just delete your social security number and say, hey, yeah, I'd, you like, just can't do that. I, I'd, like <laughs> yeah. to, I'd like to peace out. Yeah, yeah, so we all are a commodity. So right now it's being backed by human confidence. So until we can find out, maybe it's going to be gold, maybe it could be weed, who knows? But all I'm just saying is just that until we find something with enough sustainable volume, I think there are seven sections that he was looking to support the dollar, the confidence with. Gold could be one of those things. It could be platinum. It could be silver. It could be it could be three tangibles like that and intangibles like even back in Holland, they used to they used to support their currency with with bulbs back in the day. Believe it or not, maybe so, it'll be, maybe it'll be alien technology though. It back could be way. alien technology. It could be those you know all those saucers that say, hey, we had the technology. Here it is. How much is that worth to you? But we have some type. But that's the other reasons why when you really think about it, why he's been so hard on Chinese and and, and them stealing our, our our IP or intellectual property was because those are our thoughts. They thoughts are things bro so when we mine our own in our own thoughts that's where the real gold lies 
he, I think he gets that part. I don't think he's that dense to understand that, you know, that's how the entrepreneurs do. We got a great idea. We want no, to take yeah, for sure. making a crap load of money. So that's the reasons why these companies, we need to have them coming back. We need some types of assets that were originally ours to be back on American soil, put everything back into America so that it increases the overall intrinsic value of the currency that we have. Because we buy, by, because by just like I said, bro, we've been doing this for so long. We have volume. So, but how, how did how is Trump nationalizing the the Federal Reserve? I'm sorry, can you say the question again? How is Trump like? What is Trump doing to nationalize the Federal Reserve? Because he's already said, done. He's already pulled it back in house. How so? What do he do? He already they. Um, I want to say back in February. I don't know if it was through an executive order like uh, Kennedy. But something happened between him. I think he's. I think he did sign an executive order. I'd have to. Don't give me the line to you, bro. I'm sorry yet. But I think it was through executive order that he said, "Hey, we're bringing this back in house." So but you can't just say that, though. You've got to have other parts of the process in place because you're literally opening up a hornet's nest. Right. And by bringing by nationalizing it, it puts it back under American power. Correct. The people. More, so now well, the people. I well, I when you know. think about it. So when you think about it. OK, let's let's put the dots together on this one. Look at it as like this this cup, like this cup right here. Right. Mm. I got I got water in this cup. So we got the structure right here. The structure is the United States, the actual boundary of the United States, bringing your ass back in the U.S. No offshore stuff, no nothing. Bring it back home. OK. So now the things he's talking about made in America, this and that, that's the campaign that we're going back to. If you really look at the news, that's what we're starting. Hey, go back to American based products and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We're bringing pharmaceuticals back. We're bringing this manufacturing back. I just read an article, I think last week where the Chinese saying that, Hey, the iPhone is dead because right now they've got their plants. They move them from China to India and even some other places. So technically the iPhones won't even be manufactured in China anymore because maybe they had to make one more step in India before they come back to the U S you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just too expensive, but they can definitely, before they come back to the U.S., definitely take it out of Chinese hands. Yeah. Hey, this is affecting uh, you know national security. Huawei, get the hell out of here. We don't want you in here. Blah 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 blah. Oh, by the way, we had these Chinese spies. We just got blah blah blah. Oh, you just burned some of our stuff in Houston because you were stealing intellectual property. Take your asses back to China. What he's saying is, we're going to take our intellectual property. We're going to take our companies. We're going to take everything that's American and back that for now up under this currency that he just brought when he brought the national when he when he renationalized the federal reserve it needs to be backed by something it just can't be a hey trust me <laughs> you know it's going to be good just but, trust me it's gonna be but that's i feel like that's what happened though and that's why i'm confused because at least in the article that i read or how i understood it and maybe this is only for a period of time it was literally like hey trust me we're good on the money and if we default on it you have us to back you up and it's I like i think so well, I, I think, well, here's the thing that nobody talks about. And I don't know if this is to be true, but just through what I've seen in my research, I think what he probably did to back that currency up was through our national park system, because that's still federal land when you think about it. We've got a lot of it left. So maybe that's what he used. I hope not. Well, I'm just saying, bro, that's the only thing that the government technically has. That's real estate. He's a real estate guy. I'm just connecting dots. Yeah, that maybe yeah. And, and maybe so. We don't know. We don't know. We're <laughs> no, but he knows that. Saying. But when you think about it, that's his wheelhouse. He knows real estate. Yeah. So, you know, because and, and, then, and let me get into that, as a matter of fact, because I think we're the only country on the planet where you can be a non-American citizen and buy American land. You can't do that in Thailand. You can't do that in Mexico. You can't. Really? Do that in yeah. There's other places in the world where I've gone. And if you're not a, a naturalized citizen, you can't buy that. You can't buy or, or, or you have an American citizenship. 
I don't know about that part, but I definitely know like, like we try to get some land down to Mexico. They're like, you're not Mexican nationals. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know? Hmm. <laughs> but hypothetically, if you like became a Mexican citizen, you probably could. Correct. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be, a, huh? Yeah. That's interesting. I, and I don't know if that applies to expats, but I guess my point in saying is just that, yeah. I don't know if he's just going to say, Hey, you know, by eminent domain, we're taking back our whole country. So Chinese or wherever else you are, you're not American leave. And we're going to take our, I think that would start a war. Do you think, but, do you think if Trump loses that he'll leave gracefully? Uh, no, I don't think so either. That kind of worries me. Yeah. It worries me a lot because I definitely know enough Patriots where they know for a fact that if he doesn't win, they really strongly believe that the election's rigged and they're ready to go balls out to prove it. So like, I feel like that's both. Okay. So let, let's, yeah, real quick here. Uh, no matter who wins, there will be the other, the other side guaranteed 100%. The other side will say the election was rigged, right? doesn't matter mm -hmm. who Trump wins. The Democrats are going to say it's rigged. Trump loses. The Republicans are going to say it's rigged. Doesn't matter. Right. No. I feel like that if Trump loses, the repercussions of Trump losing are far, far, far greater than if Biden loses. Agreed. Which is not a good thing. I'm not endorsing that, to be very clear. I, I am all about the peaceful transition of power. I believe there's been voter fraud in the Bush election, the Obama election, the, the Mitt Romney-Obama election. I believe in the Trump-Hillary election, I believe there was voter fraud through all of it, right? 100%. Yeah. I do believe in the peaceful transition of power. And if Trump legitimately loses, I do believe that he needs to do that, but I'm afraid he's not going to. And if he doesn't, and he, he'll pull the card of whatever he pulls, but probably voter fraud, you know, mail-in ballots, blah, 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 blah. I don't understand, like Trump is around, like Trump is here to stay whether he's elected or not, I feel like. I don't see a world that's like, where Trump doesn't have incredible power. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah, here, here's what I see, bro. What I literally see is that he's actually doing his due diligence. Let me give you an example of that. So I actually worked in the postal system. So I know this part too. There's some crazy shit that goes on behind the scenes. Like I, I would find mail behind freaking machines that were supposed to sort them. Carriers never sending the mail out. We'd have the inspector generals coming through the mail shop to look at stuff. And I was around a time when they had anthrax going on too. So it got pretty hairy with the terrorist stuff. So when... Right now, a lot of people don't understand that these ballots need to be sent out now to people who cannot vote in November, which is the reasons why he's trying to get the, uh, the, the convention done a little bit earlier and the machine's getting pulled out now. So he can be like, hey, look, I did everything I, in my power to make sure that this election was not rigged, even when I was out in the but, Gulf. But couldn't, couldn't one argue that Trump is rigging it for him by trying to take away high volume mail sorting machines? Like that doesn't seem very nice. Um, no, because we actually did sorting without the machines. And I know that personally, because I did it. So here, here's my point to you. Okay. When I was out in the Gulf and I had to vote, my votes did not count, period. Because by the time they got there, the election was already over. And they had already called everything. Yeah. So now what makes more sense is if we've got a credit card with a freaking chip, why can't we just do that with our freaking votes? Well, it's, it's a little bit more encrypted. And people, and they're talking about BitChain and all uh, blockchain and all stuff. It just got the patent last yeah, week. Yeah, USPS but, did. Yeah, but but my point in saying that is this, that if, if the election is quote unquote rigged, because think about it, bro. 
just four years ago, what, we're, what me and you're talking about is, it was a conspiracy theory. Nobody believed this stuff. Now you got case after case after case after case of this stuff that's going down before the election. So there's more than enough evidence where we're from a conspiracy theory where we had little to no information to now we got people getting charged for it. Well, it's what's, what's so crazy was, so my brother, when I was growing up, my brother was big into speech and debate. He had to do an entire speech presentation on voter fraud. And it was crazy because I mean, this is all the way back over a decade ago now when he was doing this presentation uh, and there was like elephants in the San Diego Zoo were voting, dead people were voting, cats were voting, um, fish were voting, like all these like like actual votes. And, you know, I grew up in a more conservative family, so obviously all the voter fraud was for the Democrats, you know, and, and, and I think it happens on both sides of the aisle. I want to be very clear, but like, it's crazy to me because there's a lot of people out there that are, I, I read mainstream media articles all the time that are like, there's no evidence that mail-in ballots will increase voter fraud. And I was like, what are you smoking? Right? Like, <laughs> right. I don't know what, what, what you're talking about. What, put two and two together. Yeah. Hello. Like we, yeah. we, there's videos of, of mail carriers just dumping mail in trash cans. Like you said, yeah. it, you know, it gets, goes through even like pretty, pretty left wing, um, like um, TV stations have done like, um, tests where they will yeah. mail a hundred, a hundred ballots and they'll see which one show up. And like 93 of them will arrive. And you're like, yeah. well, that seems like a pretty high number until you realize, Oh, 7%, you know, how big of a swing number 7% is an election, Jeez. like ginormous, right? Like swing an election. <laughs> and you're like, well, 93% sounds like a pretty good number. I'm like 99%. Like if you got 99% completion, that's not still good enough. Right. You need yeah. absolute 100. And it just, it bothers me because I don't, like one of the most frustrating things right now for someone like me is I am not a Republican. I am not a Democrat, right? I typically vote Republican, but I, I mean, I'm a libertarian more than anything else. Like I am, yeah, a hundred percent, right? I'm like, whatever, if you're a Democrat and you support what I support, like, cool, here's my vote, right? I don't care. Yeah. Like, like for example, Tulsia Gabbard, right? I love her. She's awesome, right? From Hawaii, right? Um, I mean, I disagree with a lot of stuff, but I'd vote for her, right? But so I'm sitting here and I'm like, I legitimately have no idea where to go to find out information about things like, voter fraud and mail-in ballots without it being biased. Cause it is, yep. we're to a point now where it is like, it is either you are pro-Trump or you are anti-Trump. And yep. now it's even escalated. And I'm probably part of the problem here on this, where it is a battle of good versus evil. And I do believe it's a battle of good versus evil. And I, I've said it very a lot. Hey, I think Trump, generally speaking, represents the good, but I don't think Trump is good, right? Like, yeah. I don't think, you know what I mean? Like Trump as a person, I don't think so. I think generally speaking, you know, that, that thing. But it's frustrating because for someone like me, who I'm like, dude, I'm an American. And I have a brother in the military. I super, super appreciate your service. And I thank you for that, right? Like, like sure, just, bro. just like, so I just want to see America thrive and there's no legitimate w place where I can go to be like, well, this is an unbiased article or an unbiased source of actual information. That's what's happening. Right. Yeah. And because of that, it, people are like, well, conspiracy theories are crazy. And I'm like, pretty much everything's a conspiracy theory at this point. Right. There's yeah. really like, I can find evidence quotation marks, evidence <laughs> to support any, any worldview that I have. Any yeah. belief that I want to have, I can go find an article on, on social media that backs it up. Anything that Trump could be, I could find probably find evidence that Trump is gay, who is secretly in a relationship with, uh, with Putin that wants to you know take down everybody and control the world. I'm sure it's Conspiracy there. Conspiracy theory. Right. Like Trump I'm started the gay frogs. Right. He, right. he experimented with the DuPont family back right. in the day. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. 
right? And so it's frustrating yeah. for me when I, you know, and I hear people like this from you and I'm like, yep, I believe you. A lot of the yeah. stuff you're saying, I'm like, yeah, I, I totally believe that's possible. But I'm also like, and one of the, I think one of the most important things that you said in this entire conversation is what will happen is people, excuse me, people will seem take two seemingly unrelated issues, put them together and act like they correlate. Yeah. And sometimes they do, but mm -hmm. rarely. Yeah. And when you do that, it becomes very, very dangerous. And this is why I'm like, guy, people call me closed minded all the time. So I, I, I am very, very, very vocal about sex trafficking, kids yeah. specifically, right? Mm -hmm. Operation Underground Railroad, they're my people. And I'm like, guys, that's basically what I'm like. That topic is essentially like the issue I'm, I'm voting on. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't really like Trump. Dude's kind of an a-hole. Dude definitely has done some stuff. But I'm like, he's our best shot, right? Like, that's what I feel like. But there's so many people that are so divided over it. There's no one place to go to be like, hey, here's the facts. Because once again, it's all perception. And it's just so frustrating. Well, here's the problem too, bro, is that again, it doesn't matter whether you're left wing or right wing, you need both wings for the bird to fly. And a lot of people don't really get that key distinction. And as a result of that, we have this binary thinking. It's either or versus how are both affected yeah, both us. and is what it should be. right both and and i look at it as all both of the parties are dirty but which one is the cleanest dirtiest shirt on the floor that i have to wear because i'm rushing out of the house real quick yeah that's really how i look at it you got you know? two you got two grenades you got to throw you, you got two grenades <laughs> yeah. in your hand which, which one's gonna hurt me less and i i saw a perfect yeah. analogy about this uh from do you know ryan steumann uh I, the name sounds really okay so yeah big time sales guy or whatever and you know he's big influencer. He goes, let's assume Trump is a racist. Let's just assume. All right. Let's assume he's a, uh, I don't think he said pedophile, but let's just assume. Cause I know a lot of people are like, Trump's a pedophile. Biden's a pedophile. We hear both. So let's assume Trump's a pedophile. Trump's a racist. Biden's a pedophile. Biden's a racist. Let's assume that that's the case. Both pedophiles, both racist, both awful people. Are you going to vote for the one that loves America, wants to lower your taxes, wants to give the power back to the people and, and has some form of business common sense, or do you want to give it to the guy that has dementia and you have no idea who's controlling your country that wants to raise your tax and take away your freedoms? That's the decision yeah. that at the end of the day that you have to come down to. And it's yeah. like, it sucks that that is the case. Like, gosh, I so wish there was a different candidate that I could vote for, but there's not. This is what we're dealing with. And so yeah. for me, it's like, how do I live the best life that I can? How do I master my mind? How do I make the best life possible and still move forward my agendas that are important to me regardless of who gets elected. And the, the thing that's just so stupid, stinking scary to me is that everything that I look at, like people are not voting for Biden. They're not. There's like a very, 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 very small percentage of people that are like, Biden's exactly who I want in office right now. You're, it's either I, do, I want Trump in office or I don't want Trump in office. And yeah. that's a very dangerous road to go down because it's like, I want Trump in office, but you also have to look at the other side. You also yeah. have to look at what's being brought there. You might not like Trump, but oh my gosh, you don't even know what you're going to get with the other side because Trump's not, I mean, Biden's not leading the other side. And it's yeah, just I mean, I lived in Pennsylvania, bro. Like I didn't like Biden when he was in Pennsylvania and my family's hardcore Democrat. I didn't like him back then. I don't like him now. Because he's an idiot. I mean, my, when you really look at it from, from the dynamics, here's how I look at it from the dynamics, to your point. I just want to be left alone and run my own race. I don't that, give a shit if I'm That is literally, and Ben Shapiro said that. I freaking love Ben Shapiro. He's a, kind of a dick sometimes, pardon my language, but like he just, you know. But like Ben Shapiro is like, the answer is everybody needs to leave everybody else the F alone. Yeah. Yes. Mind your own, literally mind your own business. Literally. That's it. That's it. That is the secret sauce.
And I think if we kept it that simple, everything else will work itself out. But then here's that problem again, where we have the unseen forces from a higher level trying to massage our thinking and they don't want us to have unsupervised thinking, bro. That's the problem. Yeah, because that's dangerous. People thinking for themselves, God forbid. <laughs> All right. I want to, last topic here. I want to, I want to go down. You're in the military. You saw some stuff. I know you can't talk about anything too much. Yo, aliens real? I'm not asking, I'm not asking, I'm not asking if we have actual evidence that aliens are real. I'm asking your un, your opinion specifically, based on no data, just opinion, do you think aliens are real? It's funny you say that. I had a conversation with the gentleman who actually worked at Area 51, Nellis Air like Force Base. Crazy. Bro, because he, we did, did, like I'm telling you, dude, what I did was freaking crazy in the military, okay? Freaking lit. <laughs> he said, let me put it to you this way, Fred. There's some stuff that I've seen that I can't even explain, and I don't even know whether or not it's from us or from a different world. And this was over 20 years ago. So <laughs> what I can tell you is that here's my logic behind it. Let's just pretend like you are a Christian or you believe in Adam and Eve. Let's just say there's a minimum of two blood types. Why do we have six to eight? Why do we have like different, if you look at the history of the planet, if you believe in God or theory or whatever, it doesn't matter. This thing was a ball of fire about 4 billion years ago. <laughs> now, why all of a sudden do we have all of these different races, cultures, creeds, and nationalities? Why did the technology change after the crash in Roswell where we have microwaves and we've got like uh, aluminum foil and all these technologies where we didn't have before. There's always a pivot in time, whether we like it or not. There's always a pivot in time where we have this great exponential doubling of knowledge. I don't know if that's being influenced through an alien, but let me ask you a question. If you believe in Abraham Hicks, her ass is possessed by something. It's a collective. It's one dimensional. If you believe where the thoughts come from, Thoughts are coming not from yourself. They're coming from an outside force. Yeah. Who's to say that force isn't an alien? We only have a certain limited bandwidth of frequency from our vision. How do we know that there's not something outside of that band of frequency? Why do we have to meditate to be in a certain space and a certain frequency and vibration just to be able to see other things? Why do we have to take drugs, certain ones known for a fact that give us different portals? Yes, yeah, I Native know. Americans have like, used yeah. them. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's not to say that it's unfounded. But there's a lot more questions than answers once we start going down that rabbit hole. You know, why? And when we're praying, if you believe in prayer, what are we praying to? Are we praying to an alien? Are we praying to a sin? It's still a sentient being. It's some type of source. It's some type of form. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So when you look at it from the purest standpoint. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So I, I am a Christian. I, I, I believe in God. And is, you know, a lot of my, I grew up very conservative. And so, like, Aliens, those aren't real, right? Like that's where we all grew up, you know, but I 100% believe that. I think it, it's much, much, much harder to, to try to prove that aliens aren't real <laughs> than it is to say that they are real. And I, and I believe I believe that there is some form of something else out there. Yeah. Uh, oh, highly much so. I don't, I don't know if you, I don't necessarily think it's a, a, you know, a little giant head with some antennas and, you know, right. alien-like fingers you see in the movies. Who knows? Maybe. But um, you know who Alex Jones is? Source. Yeah. Do you know who Alex Jones is? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's crazy conspiracy theory guy. Freaking hilarious to watch. I mean, like, gee, <laughs> that guy is just so entertaining. If I could ever get him on this show, that'd be lights out. It'd be so much fun. But he, 
and I and I'm I'm pretty pro psychedelic, right? I believe that um, that if you're going down that rabbit hole and if you if you are in the right state of mind, it will forever alter your reality. It will ever alter your state of mind. And like for me, like when I've done them, like it's just like, dude. It, way other dimensions, worlds, forces, we can't even fathom, right? It's like insane. But um, Alex Jones was like, dude, I have friends, was FBI or CIA, I can't remember, one of the intelligence agencies, I have friends in the, you know, Alex Jones talking about, I got friends in the <laughs> FBI, that they are in Southern California right now, they put them in psychedelic labs, they yeah. load them up with psychedelics and they're communicating with aliens in intergalactic meetings. He's saying like, and it's like, it sounds so insane when you first hear it, especially when you grow up in like something so conservative like I did. And, and like, there's no way that's possible until, until you do psychedelics. Have you ever done psychedelics? No. No. Okay. Bro. It's in. <laughs> I'm missing the boat. <laughs> ah, and I'm not like, once again, I'm not, I'm not trying to go through and be like, everybody should go trip or whatever. But I'm like, dude, you can't fathom. It's, it's, it is. You're like, you come down for that and you're like, what the explicit language right now aliens are totally 100 real like you're talking like you're sold right like other dimensions other realities other things like i had so one of the first times i did i had an out-of-body experience with it right like dude in the I, I call it snap of a fingers but i was out so i wasn't controlling my body with it i'm like dude i could see everything in real time everything like i could new york city be there it, instantaneously there i was into space on a star there i was down in the it, like like stuff you can't even fathom and then people, people want to come and tell me, they're like, oh yeah, aliens aren't real. I'm like, maybe not, man, but something is. <laughs> like, well, look, look, that's already been proven by the CIA. They've already proven that remote viewing yeah. exists. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they were doing micro dosing because even your people from uh, Silicon Valley, they tap into that source. Oh yeah, they tap into through, micro dosing. Micro dosing all the time. LSD yeah. and all that stuff, right? So, and like I said, I don't have any experience in it, but I do know great articles straight from the government when I see them. <laughs> and, and, and when you've got your own government saying, hey, we've already done this stuff and here's where we're at. And by the way, we're literally using less than one tenth of one percent of our mind. It really gets you to understand if there's a lot more greater forces and there, there's a bigger veil on us. There is, yeah. Do you, uh, and you're in the military or whatnot. So like my grandfather um, sold... I think he sold F-16s to Israel at one point. Like he was on part of the board of defense somewhere, somehow. I don't know exactly how he was tied in. So I get to hear all sorts of crazy military equipment type stories from him, right? And he, it's just so funny because, you know, like your grandfather tells you stories and sometimes you're like, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, what, really? And then you grow up and you're like, yeah, he might've been full of crap. I have actually no idea. And then you grow up even more and you're like, maybe he wasn't full of crap, right? And he keeps yeah. telling, you know, he keeps saying things like, Josh, like, Anything that you see now, anything that you see in the military, as far as like what the civilian knows that military is there is like 20 years behind. Right? 100%. It's actually more than that now. Really? Dude, like, like I'll give you an example. In 2002, like, I don't know if you remember, like when they had Will I Am on like CNN or whatever, and he was doing a holographic voting or whatever. And that mm -hmm. was like, so basically- I was pretty young like, in 2002. I was only six or eight years old. So yeah. <laughs> I show my age. But yeah, like literally, like even back then, we already had that technology. It was already like dialed in. I mean, I can't go into very specific specifics, but let me put it this way. Some of the stuff that I touched, we would, I'm just now seeing it. It's just crazy, bro. It's insane. Do you think that, I asked, I asked uh, Colin Wayne this, cause he was in the military for a while or whatnot. And like, He's like, I can't answer that question because I want to run for office someday. I was like, that's funny. I don't. Um, give it to me. I'll um, take it. <laughs> uh, if the whole world went to war, is uh -huh. the U.S. versus the world, would we win? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, let let you say yeah. As long okay, I want to know the logic behind it. As long as like it wasn't a surprise, right? Like like if we instigated the war, like we were prepared. It was us versus the world. Why do you think we'd win? Well, we're already in a force and readiness view. So here's the secret. Well, it's not a secret. I have to say that it's not a secret in order to say that it's a secret. But here's the trick. <laughs> the people, the, 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 the country that controls the seas controls the world. That's still true. That holds true. So mm. we have the strongest naval system in the world. By like a lot, isn't it? Like it's something right. insane. Right, by like a lot. Like even, even, crazy. Even with, yeah, even with Chinese technology and them coming up right behind us, we still can dominate the seas, okay? The other reasons why is because we still have super duper technology for the nuclear stuff because a lot of people don't understand for nuclear armament and the reason and the reasons why the Arctic is such a big deal is because if and when they would need to shoot uh, those weapons off, they go across the poles. They don't go straight. So that's why you see so much uh, conflict going on in Alaska, right? So, uh, yeah, so when you're looking at stuff like that and you're looking at how even if you go like to like some of the old UN buildings or um, some of the places that I went to before, they had like strategically, we have still nukes all around the world. It doesn't matter whether they're old or not a conventional or supersonic or hypersonic, right? The bottom line is, like I said, we still have the most volume as far as a currency for the petrodollar. We still have the most volume of, and Trump even said it, so I can say it, that we have, we, we've restockpiled our military to the levels better than was when he got there. I was firing technology now that we have that is super antiquated. We got stuff that I still know for a fact exists that we haven't even released yet. Mm. And we, so we've got some straight alien technology behind the scenes. That's what Trump keeps alluding to that we haven't, that, that the world has never seen. Cause he even said, it, he's like, we've got technology the world has never ever seen, which is true. Yeah. So some of that alien technology is actually our technology. It's just been repurposed to see if there's even an appetite to start talking about it. That's what people got to understand. Yeah. So like some of the stuff, like we were able to shoot around, like as an example, when I was in the Marines, there was a specific rifle that would actually shoot around the corner. Like, like literally if you're in close quarter combat, you can angle it and it would shoot around the corner. <laughs> like, or we had like ballistic, yeah, we had ballistic rounds that can still travel. And I mean, we got a lot of stuff, bro. It's just crazy. stupid, crazy stuff. So to answer your question, we still have a lot of technology that civilians will never, ever see. It's no different than an automotive manufacturer. Like you got Porsche, right? Porsche is supposed to be top of the line. Whatever technology that they have done and they find old, they may drop it down to Audi, whatever's out over there, they may drop it into Volkswagen. So we're like the Volkswagen as far as on the civilian side of receiving end of what's already happened from the higher levels. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's the reasons why the national security stuff is so important, like we were talking about before, as far as the stewards of this type of technology, because if it gets in the wrong hands, it really is dangerous. However, we can get bits and pieces and remnants of the truth to still know for a fact that we're safe as a sovereign nation, which we technically aren't, that, we're, that he's working toward again. But more importantly, all of that sovereignty leads up to our own superpower being a real superpower again. Mm. Interesting. Do you think Do you think that there's uh, a chance at all? Do you think it's impossible for the, like, let's say the United States citizens got super pissed like we wanted to overthrow the government is that even possible um yeah is, yeah you think so i think so because let me be careful about how i say this part you've got less than one tenth of one percent of the nation's population controlling 99.9 percent .9 of the other population like yeah. they were supposed to be uh, they were supposed to be our stewards while we 
they had a civic responsibility so that we can live our lives. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. because now we're starting to lift up the skirt and we're seeing the hairy legs of the shadow government, we're kind of going, this is some bullshit. Like what happened? <laughs> you know, like we got to get this corrected. So that's what you're seeing right now. That's why when I hate when people dramatize it, make it here than what it is. They're like trying to make like this, like shadow government, the Hawaii 5.0, like it's all dramatic. It's not as sexy as most people think it is. It's very slow moving. It's very boring. Yeah. And there's a lot of players in, in the shadows who shouldn't be named. And the reasons why is because they literally hold some of the world's top secrets. Because even for what I did, the hardest thing that you can get is a real asset, like somebody who can actually play both sides of the fence to give you the intelligence that you need. Like human asset Human human beings are still the greatest asset, even more than artificial intelligence, even more than yeah. in the Internet. You need a certain amount of organic assets, people on the ground so that you can get the real data. And that's the key distinction I wanted to make. So some people still need to be behind the scenes, like when the Chinese found out about all of those Americans, they slaughtered them. You know what I'm saying? We got to be careful about a lot of the stuff that some of these whistleblowers are talking about because there are some people in dangerous situations right now and they can say one or two words that somebody in the know goes, oh my God, this mission has been compromised. We need to call them and pull them out. Yeah. That's why I was saying certain things that they were talking about before they pulled down a documentary, I'm listening, I'm going, holy shit, like, what are they, what are they doing right now? This is, don't do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I, I'm not in agreement with what's yeah. going on. Right, but you but can't. there's certain yeah. things you should not be saying. Yeah, 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 that's crazy. Um, I kind of want to wrap it up, but I definitely also, I'm going to ask you this question. And like, I also know that you can't answer it, but I'm going to ask you it because I feel like you can answer maybe more than if I don't ask you the question. Okay, fair enough. Um, 9-11. Okay. Inside job set up, we knew it was going to happen or no? Ooh, <laughs> that's a good question. I'm like, going to give it to you. Okay, no. good. I was going to say, like, I, 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 um, no, I'm just going to let you answer that first. <laughs> no, it's fire. What I can tell you is that you have to stretch people's minds to accept a different reality. It's no different than liberals claiming trash or ugly buildings as art. And you say, that's not art, it's an ugly ass building. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> or, or, or actually, like an, ugly baby, right. an ugly baby's an ugly baby. You don't go, oh, I like those clothes. No, it's an ugly ass baby. There's a difference. Yeah. So in order for us to stretch the paradigm of new laws and regulations that need to be made, sometimes you have to do other stuff, even mm -hmm. if it means to do a form of herd immunity to stretch their mindsets. So let me right. say that a different way. I think that there's more information and I'm not playing Captain Obvious, like I'm, I'm not trying to give you information that nobody can research. I'd rather just say it directly. I think certain parts of it was an inside job. Um, the only question is, me personally, that I have is, why are you protecting those assets? That's it. Because there's certain, like when we were doing exercises, everything's pretty much planned out well in advance. That's what I got to tell you. Like, there's always, like, what you're seeing right now was already planned at least three to five years out, depending upon the exercise. Like, when I worked in the Marines, I did, I worked like for the, what they call the Marine Corps Marathon. So by the time that marathon happened, we were already planning for the next one already after that one even happened within hours after they launched. Cause that's just, it's so much of an orchestration to get that many people on the same page. That's my yeah. point. Yeah. So same thing with 9-11. If that was supposed to be an inside job, they would have had to had so much orchestration behind the scenes 
in order for her to pull it off effectively like that. And me I personally, I don't have enough information to know what you're asking me, but I can tell you from a high level, that's how the magic trick typically works. I just don't get, like something just doesn't add up, right? Like, I'm sorry, those buildings, and I'm like, guys, like, I wanna stress this, like I'm not a super major conspiracy theorist, right? Like I'm really not, but like, I feel like them buildings are, are built to withstand a little bit more than a plane running into the side of them. Well, yeah. Well, you actually, now we can talk about that part. We do have fire department people talking about all they heard was multiple explosions. Boom, 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 All the boom. way down, like video footage right. of it all the way down the building. It's like- and, and even before Donald Trump became president, he did mention that that looked like a controlled demolition. And he should know because that's exactly what he did for a living. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, no kidding. Well, I'm just, you know, the FBI calls that a clue. Right, <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. So, so, if, so if I look at it from that viewpoint, that's how I like to connect dots. I like to connect dots by what's already out there in public domain that was already considered to be factual. So when you have people on the ground who are firefighters who are designated to save lives, not take away from lives, saying, hey, this is weird, all the way down to the point where you still have molten lava up under the buildings weeks after because there's some type of thermite explosions or whatever. Like what? You know what I'm saying? Like like that, and then people are saying that's from, like, like for example, the, the Beirut explosion that just happened. People were just like, Oh, that was just uh, nitrates. And I'm just like, dude, that color smoke was red. Like, that's some major heavy duty stuff. And then it came out a week later that, yeah, that's a that's an um, it's a certain type of uh, uh, I forgot to call it. It just in any way, it just makes it go boom a lot bigger. That's all. So same thing with 9-11. It's just like, look, you've got I look at the smoke. I look at how the smoke is and I look at the after effects of it. And you basically had the thermite or whatever. Still, the molten lava weeks afterwards, still hot up under the buildings. That a plane can't do that, bro. And 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 uh, the one that touched down the Pennsylvania field, vaporized, gone. I believe that's possible. Think so? Yeah, because it depends on the angle of how it crashed. Because planes go 500 miles an hour, and <laughs> you can vaporize a plane really easily. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just I, I, I'm, I'm like, like that's that's just like a bug hitting your windshield just right. And it's sphincter meeting its face in less than half a second. It's vaporizing on your windshield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'm just saying, like, if, if something like that hits the plane, yeah. I've seen stuff hit the plane. It just vaporizes, bro. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's end. Let's end with this question here because I, I feel like this ties everything that we said together. Okay. Let's do this. Cool. This last topic here. Does whoever is in power really matter when it comes? Like when it. What I mean by that, let me rephrase that. Does who we vote for to elect, meaning presidents and Republicans versus Democrats, really matter all that in power uh, when it comes to whether or not we go to war with somebody and the things that are planned or are all those things kind of just planned behind the scenes and whoever's in power has some control over social issues and some taxes and some laws and here and there, but really any major world events like 9-11s and wars and things like that, that's kind of all behind the scenes planned and we don't really have any control out of that. Well, I'm going to say it like this, all the world's a stage and either we're going to play or be played. You just got to choose which side you're going to be on. Mm. Some of the people who want to play, they try to play on the highest levels. Some of them legally can't get security clearances to see the rest of the puzzle that we talked about of those thousand piece puzzles. Some of them you need to have in the, in the trenches actually doing the dirty work for you. So to me, in my world and from what I have my personal experiences is that we're all cogs in one big wheel. But the question is, who's driving the bus? 
but it but but is there people driving the bus that or, but, but I'm sorry but are the people that are driving the bus elected figures or are they just there because they're there or they know the people they're the right, right place right time or the right people born into it whatever I think it's both because it's just been going on for so long like there's no real technical royalty in the United States but you can have like when I was in military I would see the same family who are military officers they have a history of that exact same person being in that exact same position you know years later they all know the they all know each other they all have their own cliques they all have their own networks they all position yeah. each other and that's how I was able to get into that thing because one guy couldn't make it but my friend knew somebody and I got the hook up to get in there so I mm. saw the world so in a lot of that stuff you got to get invited in I could tell you that story with me because they try to recruit me more than one time. And I'm just like, it, it's scary, bro. It, it shit's really scary, dude. So what people got to understand is that this is a real game and you got to really make a decision as to either if you want to stay, you know, ignorant, meaning not knowing, then just be the best ignorant person you can be. Yeah. You know, be a simple, humble person, leave a live a simple guy, but see, I'm more of a thinker anyway, and I've lived in that life. So once you see it, you can't unsee it. And you it can't unsee it. Questions that it just produces more questions than answers. You can't, can't go yeah. back. You can't, so you I can show you, you my personal experience. I've been, they've tried to recruit me into that world more than once. And I said, no, I've never been the type of person where I believe in personally selling my soul or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> because that's essentially what you're doing. Um, but at the same idea. time, there's some people who do it and they don't mind paying the price and they want to be the best at it. So, so fascinating. And what's crazy is we're on a freaking rock flying through space at a, however many thousands of miles an hour at any given point. We can just go boom and we're all dead. And look at that. No, Marty we, Martian, bro. My P rated space modulator. We did. We tell you what, we think we have so much power here. We, we, you know, Donald Trump, the powers that be, they think they got so much good stuff going for them. And in reality, it's like at any given point, oh, look, there's a meteor. Oh, we're all dead. Here we, we done. Are. We, we done. <laughs> Dude, Fred, what a conversation, man. I appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for what you're doing, man. Yeah, I Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Guys, uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Donate to Operation Underground Railroad. Save the children. Um, hit the like button, the love button. Share, subscribe. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, send me a message on Instagram. Follow me there as well, at Josh40. Fred, thank you so much for your time. Guys, as always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world. I love you all, and I'll see you next time. Take it easy, fam. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh 40 or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.